Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Stacking with you, my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast. Travis Crins joining me as well. Uh, Travis, hello, how are you doing? Fantastic. I'm doing great. Good, good. At the, all the sports. All the sports are going on. Yes, baseball playoffs, NHL starting, NBA will tip off on Tuesday. Um You'll know that obviously the NBA is tipped off. The NFL is going on. College football, uh, yeah, every sport's going on. No, we have no uh, no fights in the MMA to talk about, so that's a damn shame. But uh, it's it's good. So let's begin with the baseball playoffs here. Uh, as we speak, you know the the Brewers are up in Game Three, and they have the series is tied one one with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and. Inexplicably, the the Brewers should be up two to nothing in this series, but they had uh, some bad uh, pitching there in the latter stages of Game Two. Has uh, this series gone the way you expected it to? I thought Brewers and Astros would both win in five. This probably won't happen. Like a lot of people are wanting six or seven game series. Um, if Milwaukee can hold on here, I mean, they, they'll be up 2-1. to one. Uh, They should be up 3 nothing. Uh Seeing their starter, like the one starter they have that goes more than two innings, Shashin, has been very good. And uh, he's on the verge of going six shutout innings here. Uh, fifth inning got a little hairy. Gave up a ground little double. Uh, had another hit ball deep to center that was caught. Um, so they put him out there for the six, and he's already got one out. So he's at 83 pitches. So I probably would have pulled him here before the fifth. But uh, if he can get through the sixth inning, that gives you only three innings for that bullpen with the 2 nothing lead. Uh, Josh Hader threw three innings in game one. Uh, he did not throw in game two. I think that cost them the game. Um, he threw close to 50 pitches. Um, so I guess they didn't want to. Bring them back the next day, but uh, these are the playoffs. I mean, you're never going to play more than uh, what two two days in a row, right? So two days in a row. Yep, you got to so you got to have throw it all out on the line in the in the playoffs. There's no reason to hold back. I think uh, yep. didn't did a great man uh, Dan Fouts once say that. It's the last game of the year. It's not the last game of the year, but it's pretty goddamn important. So don't hold anything back now. Uh, they were up three nothing in the seventh. They let that one slip. And uh, they could be up a 2 nothing here in the 7th. And if that's the case, uh, you give Josh Hader the 7th, 8th, and the ninth, And uh, you let him close this thing out and go 2-1. to one. As uh, my guy, shitty ball player Mike Moustakis, makes an error third on a routine play. So good for him to, to fuck up the whole thing. No, that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, this The starting pitcher for the Brewers here, uh, isn't he the guy who gave up a ton of runs when the Brewers got spanked by the Dodgers 21-5? to What was that, back in August? I don't know. Okay. Well, hopefully the Brewers will uh, will do it here. Uh, Christian Yelich continues his superb play. Uh, this guy is he a true star in the making here? I mean, we knew he was pretty good with Florida or with the with the Marlins last year before he got traded. But are we on the verge of stardom with this guy? Hopefully, he's a star already. He's going to win the MVP this year. Uh, he's only twenty six years old. Contract's very good. And he was very good before this, but then he really took the next step. He was a, uh, a much above-average player uh, in his first five years with Miami. But this year, especially the second half, he really he won the batting title, uh, had the best slugging percentage in the league. 
um, MVP award, he really took that next step to you know, to being a uh, one of the you know, five best players in baseball. His war was seven point six. It's a good war year. Um, as they bring in Corey Kniebel, so that's they're going uh, uh, with their former closer, I guess. So again, I just it's, it's worked for them. They they didn't lose a game for like twenty days, but uh, I mean Josh Hader is just significantly better. I mean he is he's very good, and I would just ride his ride him all the way. Um, they haven't you know I guess overused them. They haven't brought him in as that that number one guy like I would have. But goddamn it, it's two nothing here. The guy at first, I mean I would bring him in. Yeah, and. The only reason I ask if Yelich is on the verge of stardom here and, like, really breaking out is that, you know, we've seen, you know, what Justin Morneau won an MVP for the Twins. And we know that Justin Morneau was a good player, but would he have been considered one of the five, ten best players in Major League Baseball at his time? I I don't know. I I would probably guess not. Uh, And the MVP here... Like his war was only four, which isn't uh, great. My favorite but, war uh, was eight. The was eight. The war of eighteen twelve. My favorite war is uh, is Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. You could make a case that Barry Bonds from two thousand one to two thousand four, those four years right there by themselves, would be good enough for the Hall of Fame. Yep. Four years. You can make a case that his four-year stretch from age 36 to age 39 is good enough. I would argue he could have played those four years and been a home. Yep. Nope. I, I think that's that's a very fair uh, point there. So, yeah, the Brewers, hopefully they can hang on here. Hopefully they can win this series and, and take down the Dodgers. And hopefully the team they will be playing will be the Houston Astros. Houston and Boston tied 1-1 right now. Uh Houston kind of shit the bed in game two, had a had a lead, and then gave up a bunch of runs. That was not good. And I heard a lot of talk on Monday about, oh, it was David Price. David Price did really well. Well, actually, not really. He gave up four no, runs. Didn't. He wasn't. No, he wasn't great. Yes, he maybe got he got the win, or at least didn't get the loss in this one here. Oh, so, he got the win, Stack, and oh, gave him the win. They did. Okay. He did what he pitched. Four, four or five innings, gave up four runs. Give him the win. He won the game. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he, fucking, he, 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 he sure won the game. I mean, this is it, it's just stupid. I don't know why you would talk about David Price winning the game for the Red Sox. It got a little dicey there uh, in the ninth inning. But, you know, the Astros, I think, are going to look at this and say, wow, we let one slip away in game two. But we are better than the Boston Red Sox. Their pitcher's better. Chris Sale was in the hospital last or yesterday. That's an issue. David Price is bad. Um, I think this is the first time his team has ever won one of his starts in the playoffs. And he's yes. Had yes, he was 0-9 prior to this. That's amazing. That's amazing that his team had never even won. And so that that's a struggle for him. They had Rick Porcello come in to throw an inning, and he's a starter, so what... Uh, what does Boston do for uh, for Game Three coming up? Here, Cole had a bad start, but uh, you're going to have Verlander uh, at least once more, uh, Keuchel once more. So, uh, Boston are going to go with Nathan Eovaldi, 
against the Dallas Keuchel. So, yeah, I like, I I like my odds uh, with Houston's the Astros. Going home. Yeah, Houston's going home. And um, yeah, just take care of business here and uh, maybe just, just win these next three games at home and call it, uh, call it a day. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's that certainly seems to be it. I, I, I just don't trust Boston's pitching, their starting pitching in this series. And I believe it was Garrett Cole when he gave up those four runs. That was the first time this year that he's given up more than four runs, yeah. if I uh, remember correctly. So that that's certainly something of significance, but I don't think it's going to factor in a whole lot. I, I fully expect the, the Astros to win this series here, and hopefully... They'll just end it in five. If they don't end it in five, do you like their odds still of being able to win one of two in Boston? Yes. Okay. All right. I think they have the best road record in baseball, so yes. Okay. Anything else we need to get to regarding the playoffs? Dallas Keuchel doesn't like bullpenning. He says, I don't like it. It's a fad. It's a good way to get people hurt. How so? How, how is it going to get people hurt? I don't know. To be fair, I, don't know how, I, I mean, I don't he, know he how. Is, he's trying to stick up for his other starting pitchers, so I, I get that, too. I get that in a sense. I don't. It's, it's a fad. He thinks it's a fad. I don't. I think this is what baseball is going to become. Yes, but I mean, if you have the starting pitching that the Astros do... Then you don't, don't need, need to do this, bullpen. right? No, they don't. No, if you and that's that's very difficult to have. I mean, look, look at look at Milwaukee on the verge of the playoffs, and there's not a soul out there that can name a single starting pitcher for the Brewers. Matt Garza, Ah, uh, close, close. <laughs> uh, she's been like their only guy, their only traditional starter. Was he with Colorado uh, before? Yes. Was this the guy who spells his name C-H-A-C-I-N? No. Oh. Yeah, yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Then I know who he is, at least. Uh, they traded for Gio Gonzalez from Washington late in the season. Um, so they, and people can't name a single starter. So I, I think it'd be awesome to see Milwaukee and, and Houston, because Houston's got uh, all these starters, uh, the Verlanders and the Garrett Coles. And Milwaukee's got the opposite way. They don't have the starters. They've got the great bullpen. And uh, Houston's bullpen isn't all that great. Um, and it just shows that you can win you, you can win two different ways. You can get to the World Series. You can win the World Series by doing it uh, two completely different ways. So, I like that. Yep. So, hopefully, uh, next week at this time, we will, we will know the World Series, won't we? Should. Yeah, we will. And, so. and, and the uh, the Dodgers continue their uh, their. Uh, I mean, as we're coming up on Halloween, sack and two weeks away, and uh, the Dodgers continue to do their best impression of the 1990s Braves as they possibly can by uh, just being great, having a loaded roster, and just can't win that World Series. That's the one fascinating thing about the Atlanta Braves winning what 14 straight division titles and one World Series. That's almost beat the twins. Almost beat the twins. Not quite. You know what's great? You know what's what? What will be great if the Vikings ever win a Super Bowl? You can be having a bad day, and you'll just think back, man. The Vikings won the Super Bowl that one year. God damn, that was great. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can think of if, if if that ever happened. 
Like with the Twins, we never saw them win the, win the World Series, but I can say, oh, the Braves, they, they almost beat the Twins, but the Twins, they, they did win the World Series. It wasn't 100 years ago. It was uh, 27 years ago. So that's good to say that the Twins have won it, not once but twice, but it's good to say. Um, and then the Braves have been close and really one of the, one of the big disappointments of all time. No doubt. No doubt about it at all. Um, while, uh, while we're on the subject of baseball here, uh, Peter King, Monday morning quarterback, or fo- football morning in America, football morning in America, which you can find at profootballtalk.com. He has a little blurb on Joe Buck, uh, just because Buck is doing an insane um, number of... Oh, he does this every year. He does. No, he does, but I think he's actually working a little bit more. But just let me just let, let me just lay it out here a little bit for you. They have planes. I mean, there are, you know. No, and I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's calling sports. Peter King, obviously, (laughs) Peter King obviously thinks this is goddamn impressive. He's calling sports for a living, so, I mean, it's not, but here. Kevin Harlan, (laughs) if you want to go to this, go to Kevin Harlan's schedule. I'm impressed by that. What's he do? Monday Night Football on the radio and things you're going to pick up with the NBA here. Well, that's. You know, Sunday games on CBS, Monday on the radio, uh, Tuesday or Thursday night on TNT. This here, like here's the deal with Kevin Harlan, though. Does he do anything in the summer? I mean, I don't think so. He's he, just great. He he his, is. His daughter. He, his daughter's in the deal now. So uh, is she? Well, that's good. Ian uh, Eagle is phenomenal. I love Ian Eagle. Like Joe Buck, yeah. I mean, he doesn't do anything. Well, so let me just let me just run through this here again. This is it's just a it's a lot of events. It's a hellacious, a lot of flying in a three week period. Okay, so here we go. Uh, started last Thursday with the or two weeks ago. Well, screw that. We're 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 at where we're Thursday, going. The Thursday night football makes it much more impressive. Yes. Yep, and that's I think that that's what I'm kind of going with here. It's not that I mean because he's not doing. In previous years, he wouldn't do the world. He wouldn't do football. He would just do baseball. But he's still going to do this Thursday night stuff. So here it is. Last uh, Thursday, Giant Eagles Giants. Uh, he does the game, uh, and then he's in bed. He, he's he's flying to Milwaukee. Then uh, Friday, game one of the NLCS. Game two, Saturday NLCS. Sunday he's home. Then Monday to uh, Monday, October fifteenth. Takes a 6 a.m. flight to L.A. for Game 3 of the NLCS. Game uh, Then Tuesday, Game 4 in L.A., Wednesday, Game 5. Then Thursday Night Football in Glendale, Arizona. So that's a nice, he doesn't have to fly very far. It works out really well. Then if, if there's a Game 6 and 7 in the NLCS, that'll be Milwaukee, Friday, Saturday. The World Series, if it's Houston. So he's not doing Sunday games? Well, they... They don't do it if Fox doesn't carry the doubleheader. And Fox doesn't carry a doubleheader this week. They didn't carry it last week either. Um, And maybe the NFL kind of did that by design. But either way, if Houston uh, makes it to the World Series, the World Series would start Tuesday, October 23rd. And he would do games one and two in Houston on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Miami and Houston just happens to be that Thursday night. So he would stay in Houston, do the Miami. He would do the Miami Houston game, and then do 
the the World Series in either uh, in either LA or Milwaukee. So that's it. again, it, you're calling sports. It's it's hard to be like, oh, the poor guy and everything. But still, that is a lot in a very short amount of time, don't you think? It is, but it's. I mean, travel wise, I mean, LA to Arizona, Houston. Houston, I mean, right. it worked out about as, as good as possible. Yes. We're not going New York to L.A. here. We're not going to right. Miami. Right. Travel-wise, yep. it's pretty good. Yep, the travel-wise, it works out great. But just to, to, to think you're calling that many live events back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's why I always think, you know, when, when you're talking about, like, let's say, when, when we come to March and March Madness rolls around, you know, for these guys to have to do four games in a day is rather impressive. Now, then again, it's, just, it's a lot of prep time here because you're going to find out who the teams are on Sunday, and you have to prep like crazy uh, for four games here, eight teams, and do all that stuff. So that's a lot, and I'm sure they're gassed by the end of Thursday night, but then again, or Friday night, whenever they call them. But either way, like, you're there, you're calling sports, it's fun, it, you know, it, it's so it's it's stressful, but there are worse jobs out there. Yeah, the probably not the worst thing I've ever done, but the most interesting thing I've ever done, I, I would say. Okay. State volleyball in Rapid City last year. I called two volleyball matches at once. What? How the hell did you do that? You just go 10, 20 points on that team, and then all right. We're going to this other game. So you do, you know. Did you have to actually minutes. physically move, or were you able to see both? There uh, were three matches going on at once, all on the same. Three matches all on the same floor. Um, Cook Central Montrose was one of the schools. The other school was Hanson High School. And uh, I would just call me off. Maybe if one match was closer than the other, you concentrate on that one a little more. So. That'd be the most interesting thing. But but you but you didn't have to move spot. Like you could see both yep. matches going on at the same time. Yep, just there were three matches going on, class A, class B, class double A, three matches at once. And yeah, you could you could see all of them. So anyway, that's uh a busy time of year for Mr. Buck. Yes. Yes, no doubt. Uh that's fascinating. Two volleyball games at the same time. Um that's that's great. Uh, let's see. The Vikings won on Sunday. That was great. Uh, Kirk Cousins still fumbles way too much, and that's not good. But uh, I will join your claim that Adam Thielen is the best wide receiver in the NFL currently. I've seen some talk about Tyreek Hill being the best wide receiver in the game, which I think is poppycock. Uh, he's fast. Don't get me wrong, he's he's very fast. He he does a lot of good things, but overall, if you're if we're gonna break things down, Adam Thielen is probably the best out there right now. Rondé Barber's not great. No, he's not. He oh. gushed over a lot of players though on Sunday. He, he what? He, yeah, he gushed over them. Yep. Uh, he called. He said Adam Thielen is not going to wow you as an athlete, which I disagree with. Yep. Look at it. Look I mean, at the footwork on all of his routes. How is that not an athlete? Guy, just because he's white doesn't mean he's not an athlete. 
He's a hell of an athlete. He's uh, pretty good in speed. Uh, jumped good. Hands good. Diving catch on the sideline. That was great. So he's a great athlete. So I don't know what the hell he was talking about. But, um, like, this guy is on pace for, what, 100 and... He's probably going to have 130 catches. Mm-hmm. 1,600 yards. 10 touchdowns. Like, 130 catches and 1,600 yards. Like, Moss would put up 1,600 yards, but he'd only have maybe, like, you know, 70 or 80 catches because all of his big plays. But just uh, the 10, 12-catch games, uh, 100 yards every game. I mean, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah, and the, the thing of it is, defenses know that's who they're going to. But And you know what? Right now, Cousins and, and Thielen, they have that connection going right now. And not to say that... Feeling or that uh, that cousins and digs don't because they do. But right now, if ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right now, it's clearly working with Thielen and cousins. So why why ruin a good thing? And just yeah, and just the placement of the ball that cousins is doing is throwing to Thielen like that touchdown, absolutely perfect. We have seen so many touchdowns this year from Kirk Cousins that Case Keenum would not have been able to make last year. He just wouldn't. Uh, that's no. That's not a knock on Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins is just doing an absolutely bang-up job when it comes to throwing the football for this team. Yeah, deep passes. There was a, was a two-point conversion, maybe, or the touchdown in Green Bay with big. There was a fade left. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful ball. Uh, team should stop having linebackers cover Thielen because that's stupid yeah <laughs> yeah and that happened multiple times that's like the that's yeah. like the Anthony Barr routine <laughs> it's like not nah, don't have your linebacker on the best wide receiver it's terrible the uh, Latavius Murray had 155 yards rushing and a touchdown that was great to see however the win did come uh, with a price, and that is that rookie cornerback Mike Hughes has a torn ACL, and he is done for the years. So that is a big blow to the defense. Uh, we'll see how they can kind of recover from that. But I mean, Mike Hughes was really playing well, the rookie from Central Florida. Uh, I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him, and this defense is starting to you know get back to form now. And so I, I just wonder what the the loss of Hughes will do. It's not going to affect him this week against the Jets. Uh, Quincy Inunua, the Jets' best wide receiver, he's not going to play in this game. So, I mean, is, is Robbie Anderson really going to beat the Vikings time and time again? I don't think so. Rhodes and company will shut him down for the most part. He might have a a, a touchdown maybe, and but the Jets have no other targets really that I'm concerned concerned with so it's not going to be this week but it's going to be the weeks when they have to play the saints and the packers that's when it's really going to i think you're, you're going to feel the impact of that loss um by of uh, the loss of of mike hughes well yeah we'll see what what, what the uh, the guy from texas maybe he'll do uh Taysom Hill? Have to fill here. yep so um yeah, you got three wings out there. You got Mackenzie Alexander. He had a sack, so he did something. So I want to see more uh, George yeah. Iloka. Give me more George Iloka. Sure. Give me this guy I've never heard of. I love him. 
Great man played, played the thing. Good for Mr. Ayakoka, the founder of Ford or whatever the hell he would. So uh, good for him. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about the Jets game. I think it's going to be close. I agree. I, I agree. I, be, I don't like it. They should win. Win this game. And that'd be that would do my heart a lot of good to win to win this game. Yes, I I agree with you. I think it would be that the it'll be a defensive struggle. Is that what we're what you're thinking? Like the Jets' defense gonna? Yeah, I think I think that maybe the offense could do a little something. Well, who? Rookie I mean, is I, Isaiah Crowell gonna wipe his ass all over? You know the the the, the Vikings. The Wiping his ass with the ball. Wiping the ball with his ass. The corner, the the rookie quarterback Zimmer has done well against rookie quarterbacks. Not named they, Josh they Allen. Not, <laughs> no, he didn't name Josh Allen. He did not play well in that game. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. You go down the line. Josh Rosen. Frank Trubisky, George Trubisky, Adam Trubisky did not play well last year. So rookie quarterbacks have an issue, and hopefully that's the thing. It's amazing that the Vikings are playing three rookie quarterbacks this year. It's great. What was it? The um, what did I see? The Bills. The Bills have beaten who? The Bills have beaten the Vikings and the Titans. Yes. And then there was something else that. There's some so so a terrible team beats two okay teams, two good teams. Mm-hmm. And then there was another thing, like it was the complete opposite. Like uh, did Buffalo lose to two terrible teams or something? I don't know. See if I can find this. Uh, the the Bills lost to the Chargers at home, and they've lost to the Packers on the road, and the Texans on the road, and the Ravens. The Titans and the Vikings have beaten somebody. Yeah, try okay. Bills beat the Vikings and the Titans. The Vikings beat the Eagles, obviously, Super Bowl champs. Yep. Titans beat Jacksonville. You know, everybody likes Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's what it was. Vikings and Titans both lose to the Bills. Vikings and Titans have both beaten the Eagles. It's stupid. That's, <laughs> that is really remarkable. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, that is... Wow. You know what? No. That yeah, <laughs> yes they are. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully the Vikings beat the Jets this week. Uh, Chiefs Patriots Sunday night was an absolute spectacle. Uh, beautiful game. Apart from the fact that Tyreek Hill killed me in fantasy uh, because Pat Mahomes can't get the damn ball to to uh, to Kareem Hunt in the first half. Uh, find Conley. Find someone else other than Tyreek Hill to throw your touchdowns to, man. But. With that all being said, it was a, a very good uh, game, the game of the year, and I hope we see it again um, coming up uh, in the playoffs. On that last touchdown, nobody covered him. Like, what, what, I mean, as I said, for, for weeks now, all of this time that these coaches spend on the film and trying to break down and trying to get the advantage and trying to coach these guys up, it's, it's an illness, it's unhealthy, to, to put this much time in. And here's Tyree Kill. No, literally nobody was on him. From the time the ball was snapped, not who was supposed... They weren't in a, were they in a zone. What was going on? Nobody was on him. He ran free. Mahomes threw the ball. There was nobody within him. I don't think he got touched. Like, how, how are you that bad? How are you that bad to put a linebacker on Sealand? How do you put this much time into this 
a profession I, uh, and things like this still happen. I, I don't know. I mean, how do you... Yeah, you're right. How do you not cover the best athlete on the field there? I mean, it it, it boggles my mind. Uh, but Chiefs suffered their first loss. The Patriots are indeed back. Uh, the Bengals had a 21-20 lead against the Steelers and then promptly lost because that's the bungle way. Uh, they, they had the lead with a minute 18 left and then let Pittsburgh drive right down the field. And then they blitzed and let An- uh, Antonio Brown go scot-free into the end zone. Doesn't make any sense to me why they would do that. Uh, there was a block downfield. I no thought it should have been called. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. It's just dumb. I don't know how I don't know how you don't do that. The and then you like stats, right? Stats are good. Stats are good. Ready for this stat? Uh, the Ravens had more sacks on Sunday against the Titans than they had completions allowed against. It's pretty good. Eleven yeah, sacks for the Ravens, ten completions for the Titans. You should win most games when that happens. You should win every game. Every game. Unless you're, unless you're the Falcons, you'll probably uh, find a way to lose. Did, did they almost lost? Uh, you know what? That final play in the Buccaneers-Falcons game, if you haven't seen it yet, Jameis Winston oh. runs right up the middle, 15 yards. He gets to the 9 and throws it back. I mean, that's the smart thing to do. Uh, Adam Humphreys can't get a grasp on it, uh, so he bats it around. Mike Evans scoops it up and promptly throws it back to Deshaun Jackson, who if he scoops it up cleanly, he gets to the end zone and the the Buccaneers beat the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons had five defenders cruising in, but I don't think they get to Deshaun Jackson before he gets in. Deshaun doesn't get it cleanly. Falcons win 34-29. And their season is not completely hope, hopeless yet. I mean, it is for the most part it is, but they do play the Giants next Monday night, so that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, the Cowboys spanked the Jaguars. Who that? Why the hell did that happen? No one knows. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's the that's your week in the NFL. It was not nearly as much madness in the NFL as there was in college football this wow. week. Wow, my how did my Wyoming boy do? Oh, Josh Allen. Well, uh, he had did under. He break 100? Did he did he stop the streak of not breaking a hundred by not breaking a hundred for the second straight week? Uh, no, he did not get to a hundred. But in his defense, he did uh, suffer an elbow injury, so he had to leave the game. And Nathan Peterman, the only the worst starting quarterback I think outside of Spurgeon Win ever to play in the NFL, or I guess any other Cleveland Brown quarterback over the last twenty years, he no he's Okay, he threw a pick. It was just the worst throw. He threw two picks in the fourth quarter there uh, to end the game. And th- the pick that he threw to Jonathan Joseph, who ran it back, I mean, it's just, I don't know what he sees. I, I mean, I, he's he's got to be vision impaired. He has to be. You can't be that bad and throw it into coverage like that. What did they say? What did they used to say about Chris Carter? All he does is catch touchdowns. What should they say about Nathan Peterman? All he does is throw interceptions and make bad decisions. He's thrown 79 passes in his career. Nine of them have been interceptions. God, that's good. What a good... Yeah, you know, that's... that's one every eight. One every eight <laughs> passes this stupid asshole throws <laughs> to the other team. That's just the spirit of giving. He's a very generous individual. 
on, on the on, yeah on Jaguars Cowboys. I love I love Jalen Ramsey. I love how he shit stalks the terrible quarterbacks because he's correct. Nobody else says it. But I saw him after the game when they got their ass kicked, and he was giving one word answers, one sentence answers. I don't know. I don't care. This type of stuff. Yep. If you're gonna shit talk like you do, and he's by all means a great player. If you're gonna do that, then you gotta face the music when you get your ass kicked as well. Absolutely. You can't go hiding. You can't go hiding like Trump and saying, "Oh, things don't matter." No, you, you got to be held accountable. If you think you're the best player on the best defense, and you give up damn near forty to a terrible Cowboys team, then you got to listen to the music, face the music, and not you know go march on lips. That, that that's bullshit for him. Amen to that. Amen. We will give that a round of applause here. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. He, he deserves to get roasted everywhere for the for that. So maybe he'll shut up for a little bit or. You know, as you say, face the music. Um, but we shall. I, I still like them, but if you act like that, I'm not going to like you too much longer. And um, I, I think the people that like the Wyoming guy thought thought or think like he's Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what people <laughs> thought he was going to be, or the people that liked him. Oh, he can throw it so far. Look at this big son of a gun. And Patrick Mahomes comes in. And he's the real deal. Yep. Is, is, is that what people thought? Like Josh Allen would be like that? Would, I, like he is, he is the worst starting quarterback in, the, in football. I, you know There's what? Nobody I, worse than him. You know what I think? No, nobody. You know what I think it is in part. Craig he sucks. Well, <laughs> yes, he does. But Craig Bull was the head coach at North Dakota State with Carson Wentz. So I, I think people look at the size and the arm strength that Josh Allen has, that you know Carson Wentz possesses, and they said, "Oh, well, yeah, obviously he's got some good tools." So we're gonna. I, I don't know that it's it's the only lo- kind of logical explanation I, I can I can come up with. Because uh, you're just looking at you know the system and the in the the build that that this guy has. Let me ask you something: Who do you despise more, Trubisky Josh or Josh Allen? Who? Trubisky, Frank Trubisky, or oh, this Frank? Frank's actually doing something. Frank's actually doing something here. Right. He is. It, it appears Frank has gotten better in year two, which is good to see. You should be better in year two than you were in year one. So Frank appears to have, he did something. He has done something. Yes. Josh Allen has not. I don't expect him to He hurdled Anthony Barr. Huh? He hurdled Anthony Barr. Oh, that's fine. I I mean, (laughs) I expect this guy to be like Ponder and out of the league in like four or five years. Like, no, no football for him. Well, no football for him. Unlike Josh Allen, Christian Ponder was very smart. He had two. He got two degrees oh, in like three years. Crins. This guy's very smart. Again, they spend so much time on football. They can't figure out Ponder bad. Josh <laughs> Allen bad. They can't. They cannot figure this out. No, they can't. It's it's very funny though. This, this is not smart. <laughs> You're not always right. Sometimes you're wrong. But goddamn, Jake Locker, <laughs> Blaine Dabber, these are not. I mean, if you're completing fifty percent of your passes in college, I don't like your chances of completing sixty percent minimum in the NFL. This is not hard, right? 
make it too hard. Uh, let's go to the college ranks here. By far the craziest weekend of the college football season occurred. Four top ten teams go down. Georgia gets annihilated by LSU. Miami loses on the road to Virginia. Uh, West Virginia loses on the road to Iowa State. And who's the other team that I'm missing here? Uh, Penn State. Penn State, yes. Penn State loses in, inexplicably at home to a bad Michigan State squad. Uh Krenz, this is this was something. I tell you what, this was a big week for college football, and if anything, it provides even less clarity as to who is. Go- well, okay, let's let's be real here. It's Alabama, and then it's everyone else. But like, who the hell is gonna get make it to the playoff here? May I just say, Yasmani Grandal, catcher for the Dodgers, horrid in game one. Numerous pass balls. Gears, and he, there was another one just now. Yes. It literally popped out of his glove. If you're watching this game and the, and the crowd, Yasmandi Grandal, how this man is still catching, terrible hitter, just the, the worst. It, it's like Nathan what? Peterman in the NFL, Krenz. How is he in there? Is he the Nathan yeah. Peterman of catchers? This series is, he's better than this, but this series, he's killing him. He's killing him. Um, like last week was all about these undefeated teams, and now we took a big chunk of them out, so that helps. And um, maybe it clears some stuff up, but like Alabama is a large favorite at the moment. And rightfully so. Yes. Usually, like I feel like when that happens, like that team usually doesn't win. Even though Alabama's won, what, five in nine years? And probably every... Most of those five, they've been a favorite. Not this big. They should have lost, probably should have lost last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been a favorite. But probably because their offense, this is the best their offense has ever been. Oh, yes. And it, it, what's, what's odd about this is that their defense is somewhat struggling this year. I mean... Yeah, they're giving up some points. Yeah. But Georgia, I think Georgia, Georgia was the big one. Because I I, I, Georgia's not in the playoff for me anymore because of this. Yep. No, and I, I agree with that here. I'll go back to what I said uh, in the Google chat on Sunday. I said that I think the biggest loss of the week was Washington losing to Oregon because they had that chance to really uh, take hold of the Pac-12. They were going to win you know, the Pac-12 North, they could be that playoff team. I know you don't think highly of Jake Browning and Washington, but that was the team that had that great chance. You know, Wisconsin gets blown up by Michigan. Their their playoff hopes are done. They're out the window as well. So, I mean, you, you just looking at it overall, I think Washington had the biggest loss because I still think a one-loss Georgia team. I mean, Georgia's not out of it by any well, stretch. You win out, you beat right. You you have to win out. You have to beat Alabama in the SEC championship yeah. game. That or or let's say, what if just what if LSU somehow manages to upset Alabama and they win out? You could have a rematch, Georgia versus LSU. It's not inconceivable that that would happen, but. LSU has beaten the last six opponents that have come into Death Valley that are top ten teams that are not Alabama. I mean, that's uh, that's a great stat there for you as well. Uh, you have three other 
uh, ranked teams that were on the road this uh, two ranked teams that were on the road this week that had close calls that would be South Florida and Central Florida both uh, trailed by a lot ended up winning by one both of them and then Notre Dame struggled with Pittsburgh so at least we still have a few more undefeated teams left uh, Central Florida is still ranked 10th but again it was Did they move up to the ninth? Uh, no I still see them 10th oh shit uh, but still, pandemonium going on in college football. And, and I'll be honest here, Ohio State looked pretty bad against Minnesota. Uh, we still have some questions on Clemson and Notre Dame as well. Michigan is looking good. Texas, I'm not going to buy into them yet. I think Oklahoma and both them and West Virginia have tremendous chances to take down Texas. But uh, I, I tell you, I tell you what. I mean, you you think Oregon's got a chance to climb, and that and I and I could totally see it. They should win out. They should win the rest of the games. Didn't we yeah, talk? Yeah, didn't we talk last week about what Central Florida? What would have to happen for Central Florida to even have a chance? Like some things happened this week. A lot of things happened, and they didn't move up at all. It's like goddamn, that sucks for them. I mean, Texas. How the hell does? Okay, I mean, we we can. I mean, they beat Memphis by one. That's understandable. But how do they not move up? But Texas, what Texas jumps four spots? What the hell did Texas do? No, they they barely beat they barely beat Baylor by six. I mean, Chris, how how is that not more impressive than uh, than going oh, on yeah. the road and beating oh, yeah. arguably the third best team in the American Athletic Conference? <laughs> and if you could not cover the spread against Baylor, I mean it, it's it's such garbage. It is. Uh, Central know. Florida is ninth in the coaches poll. They are tenth in the AP. Yeah. Like, they don't move up with what Texas does. That's stupid. That's why I hate polls. Yes. I mean, Michigan, they're getting some momentum now. I mean, Oregon should win out. They probably won't. And when they lose to Washington State Saturday, then that'll be the death of the Pac-12, and that'll officially close the door on their playoff because they're terrible. Washington State is hosting college game day for the first time ever. Terrible. So Terrible. Old Crimson is going to be flying at home for the first time ever. It's very good. Um, and then I guess you gotta you gotta put your uh, put your hand on Washington State there on the table, which ain't gonna happen. So it's, it's gotta be Oregon. I think they gotta play at Utah. They got a couple of like tricky games, but they'll be the they should be the favorite in all of them. So if they can run the table, they'll be in the discussion. But I don't know, like a four percent chance Pac-12 has of getting a playoff team. Um, whatever. So, I mean, it's just, so I mean the, the Big Twelve. I think it's Oklahoma or bust. I think Texas is going to get tripped up, even though I picked them for the deal. And West Virginia. I mean, Iowa State has done this routinely, it seems like, the last couple of years. Yep. But um, that was a game that they just could not. I mean, that that killed their chance. So well, I think, you know, Oklahoma, it'll be Oklahoma again at the end of the deal. If they beat Oklahoma and Texas, and then, and then beat them and beat the whoever they play in the Big 12 championship game, then West Virginia's in. Because I will, I will implore you to find a team with three better quality wins than West Virginia will at that stage. Maybe apart from Alabama, you you won't find it. it Alabama, it'll be Alabama and Ohio State. Those would be the only two teams that you could make legitimate arguments for that would be better than West Virginia if West Virginia only has the one loss. I sure. If they beat, if they beat one of those two teams twice. That'll probably knock that team down to close to 20. That team would have three losses. Mm-hmm. 
So that's, you know, and then the other team would be, you know, maybe outside the top ten if they only have two losses. So let's say so West. Those would be, yeah, yeah. Those would be great wins. So let's say West Virginia. I, again, I'm just going to run through our UCF exercise because that's what I I enjoy doing here to talk about something that it has no chance in hell of happening. But here here goes UCF ranked 10th. Let's say West Virginia beats both Oklahoma and Texas. Well, UCF's going to jump both Oklahoma and Texas for that, but West Virginia is going to jump them. So it's really only a net gain of one spot. Then. Georgia's going to lose maybe in the SEC championship game. Central Florida's going to keep winning. They're going to beat Cincinnati. They're going to beat South Florida. So they're going to keep jumping up. Michigan is going to lose to Ohio State. So Michigan, two losses. They get dropped down. LSU is going to lose to Alabama. Two losses. They get knocked down. And then all you have to do is figure out if Notre Dame's going to lose or not. And they're probably going to get upset by USC the last week of the season because why the hell not? So Central Florida, that's how you get up to five. They're still not going to make it because you're going to have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and West Virginia if they can run the table. And Central Florida will still be out. So uh, that that's that's what I see. Central Florida, good luck uh, pulling for you, but not going to happen. If they go undefeated, they'll be fifth or sixth. Yep, just like they were last year. And uh, They'll have one game in Cincinnati, Central Florida. Yep. Uh, like, like you, you, if you look at Clemson, I love Clemson. They're they're a very impressive team, but they're not going to have. I mean, NC State and A and M. That's going to be their two wins. NC State and A and M. I mean, NC State right now is undefeated, and those two teams play one another this week. Sure. Like, like North, if North Carolina State's your best win, if we're just not going by what team do you think is better? We're just going by who who'd you play and who'd you beat? They got fortunate to be the NF. And we'll see what happens against North Carolina State here. But if your best win is North Carolina State. You could make the Clemson argument they were did, fortunate but, to yeah. beat Syracuse, but that's because of what I mean they uh Trevor Lawrence got hurt in that one. So but yeah, Clemson finishes after North Carolina State. They finish at Florida State, home to Louisville, at Boston College. That's it. Home to Duke, home to South Carolina. Win, 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 win. And Boston, I'll, I'll give Boston College, I'll give them a chance. Everybody else, no. Right. Boston College, I'll give, I'll give you something. I'll give them a chance, yeah. I mean, out of all the, out of those five, again, after North Carolina State, Boston College would be that team that would trip them up, that has the best chance to trip them up. But I think Alabama will be the only undefeated team at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, you know, who 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 do you see Notre Dame losing to? USC. I mean, fuck, they almost lost to Pitt. Well, yeah. They could lose at Northwestern. Not. They, they could lose it. to Syracuse. Yeah, stop it. North Car- or Northwestern almost lost to Nebraska. Stop it with that. They, they could lose the Navy next week. Who says they can? Would would it shock you if Navy beat Notre Dame? No, but the, you know what. Given that Old Dominion beat uh, Virginia Tech anything this year, anything is possible here. And this is this is not a good Navy team by our by the normal standards that we we've been accustomed to seeing with Navy squads. This is not that great of a Navy team. So there's no reason why Notre Dame should lose this game. But that would be uh, if there is a game that that would be the one. Sports are stupid. Sports are stupid. 
They are. And yet we keep talking about it here and doing it in a podcast. So, really, uh, who's the stupid ones? <laughs> you know who's the stupid ones? Virginia for losing to, to UMBC. They're the stupid ones. <laughs> Never forget. Never, Never forget. forget. Oh, The team I hate the most, it couldn't have been any better. It, it's one of my favorite games ever. Oh, it's one of my yes. favorites of all time. As, so awesome. As well they it should be. They got their kicked from pillar to post. Not even close. Like everybody thought, it's going to happen some year, but when it does, oh, it's going to be this close game. They got their ass kicked by 20 points from the minute go. It was unbelievable. I always, it was an orgasmic experience. <laughs> is what it was. I always say that I think a March Madness win does more for a school than just about oh, yeah. anything else that they can yeah. do. Like, you know what? If I go... Say if I go up on you know to some random person on the street and say who won the FCS championship last year, well you know what maybe they'll get North Dakota State, but you'll say yeah you're like oh I mean North Dakota State always wins it so I'll guess them. But you say okay who's the 16 seed that beat a one seed last year, and I guarantee you are going to have more people who will say UMBC. I mean you're just. Like it, there's just more name. There's more name and brand recognition with you oh, yeah. with a with a school that does that nationally. On the on the local side, North Dakota State, of course, has a lot of people. Like they have donors who are just you know getting giving them money because of they. Hey, you have all this school pride because you have the FCS championships, and that's fine. That's totally within their right, and they should be proud of that. You you have a lot of championships. That's great. But I'm still going to say that I think a March Madness win almost has more clout to it than an FCS championship does. And that's oh, why yeah, I, I, it, it, it blasphemous of me to say, but I'd almost take it. Uh, I would. I think I'd rather see SDSU men win in March than I would in, uh, win in FCS uh, football championship. Probably, yeah. Even yeah. though it just... I, yeah, but that was somewhat blasphemous to me to say. I mean, it's not like I would say, well, okay, I mean, I don't want a championship, but between the two, I don't know. I just, I think it does more for you. But then again. North Dakota State would argue different, but nobody else would. Right. Right. So, um, by the way, uh, potential upset brewing in Lambeau right now, 27-23, 49ers over the Packers. Yeah, so, that'd be fine with me. Yes. Uh Maybe Aaron Rodgers will go down. I'm not. I don't know. Can't say that. That's me. That's me. You, you, you wish him ill will every week. You hope he goes down every week. May just get to say go down with the flu. Doesn't have to be a terrible injury. Sure. Um, go down with the uh, Chris Sales. I was just gonna say, yeah. Whatever Chris Sales having, send that. Send that to Aaron Rodgers. Um, weekly NHL. Uh, we're not gonna have a weekly NHL oh, segment, wow, but I'm wow. I'm buying I'm buying the Hurricanes. It is the year of the Hurricane, so I'm going with the Hurricanes here. I'm buying in them. Uh, low buy on the Canucks. Vancouver looking okay. Uh, I'm all in with Toronto, but uh, yeah, and the the Wild they stink. But um, yes, uh, the, 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 that's your hockey uh, talk for the week, but. We have we have basketball to talk about. NBA season tips off this week, and uh, Golden State's going to win the the NBA Finals. So, uh, yeah, there's our preview. Good good season, everyone. Um, in all in all honesty, LeBron James, of course, as everyone should know, has has left Cleveland. He's in LA. He's with the Lakers. 
They will not make it to the NBA Finals this year, barring a minor miracle. It will be the Golden State Warriors, who are the prohibitive favorites, followed by the Oak or followed by the Houston Rockets, and I've even seen a few Oklahoma City Thunder and Utah Jazz um, uh, offerings in there in terms of who will play the Warriors in the. In, in the finals, not 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 in the NBA finals, but just in the Western Conference finals. So, in the West, let's just start right there. I mean, there's no one's going to take down Golden State this year, are they? Houston came close. They lost a few pieces. They gained I one in Carmelo Anthony, though. Yeah, but he sucked. So that's uh, that's bad. That's a negative. I'd rather not have him than have him. Well, it's a few pieces, but to get the main guy stay healthy, that's fine. Uh, Warriors are a big favorite. Uh, Houston is second. The Lakers are and then the West for odds. Um, I think Boston's going to beat Golden State at the end. Um, do you think all West, of the? Do you think all of the pieces, the the random pieces, the old guys that the Lakers brought in this year? Like the no. to go with LeBron James, you know the Rajon Rondos and and whoever the hell else they brought. I mean, it, it's it's Michael like a, Beasley, yeah, it, Lance Stevenson. This is trash. This is trash. As Cleveland tried last. Year. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys, except it's yeah. I mean, it, obviously you you have LeBron, so I I just don't get it. No, it's it's not. It's just a stopgap guys before they load up next year on Anthony Davis. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he's 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 pretty damn good. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is pretty good. So, and then uh, the ball kids, so they've got they've got three young guys. Three young guys. You had Anthony Davis next year. That's that's all you need. But you aren't going to keep all three young guys t- by bringing in Anthony I think Davis so. that, in a trade. No way. Well, no way. Here's the deal with the. Here's what I wonder though with the Lakers. How are you going to get the young guys the necessary playing time if you're going to throw the veterans in? Because the veterans are going to want to play. They aren't going to want to uh, you know, come off the bench. The, the, the whole young time. guys will play more than the veterans. I think. Okay. Okay. I think they will. Um. Uh, of course, you have the the Portland Trail. So in, in the Pacific Division, the the Sacramento Kings. When the hell are they ever going to do something? Uh, probably not going to be this year. The Phoenix Suns should be a little more intriguing with DeAndre Ayton or Ayton there, so that's that's interesting. The first, Cl- one was, first one was right. Ayton, okay. Um, the the Clippers they will be somewhat interesting, but I don't think much of a factor here. So the Pacific Division, it's the Warriors by a long shot, then the Lakers, and everyone else is left in the dust. It really is a terrible division. Oh, it is. Just terrible. Just awful. Um, the Northwest Division is the best division in basketball, and uh, you have... You you can make an argument for... Yeah. You can make an argument for any of the five teams to make the playoffs. We know, yes. we know of the dysfunction in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler there. He's not going to be with the team, I can't imagine, for the full season. They're going to find... They're going to figure out a trade... Uh, a landing spot, a trading partner for him at some point. Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins will not play any defense, so that's, I mean, so that's what Timberwolves fans can expect. But I mean, between the the Thunder and the Jazz 
and the Trailblazers, and I'm not discounting the Nuggets here. I think the Nuggets will make the playoffs, but I don't see them factoring into the division necessarily. I really think it's going to come down to the Thunder and the Jazz. It's going to be a, a, a very good battle throughout the year. There were three games separating these five teams last year. They all had 46 to 49 wins. And the last playoff spot came between what a Denver and Minnesota game. Yes. At the end of the year. So very uh, exciting division. No great team. Uh, no team that may even win a single playoff series, but they're all you know, within that 45 to 50 win range. Utah was a big surprise last year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, a rookie, he was he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma City just didn't work last year. I don't see it working this year. It's and Westbrook's exciting to watch, but I, I, I was stunned. Paul George, Paul George came back there. Do, uh, did it get to Dennis Schroeder from Atlanta? So he's a piece, but it, it just it, did, it didn't work. And I, it's the same team. Do, well, does it get better though by you know addition by subtraction when you get rid of Carmelo Anthony? That does not hurt. That helps. So, so that's good. But other than those top two, I, I don't see what else they have here. Stephen Stephen Adams is fine. Uh, Schroeder's fine. I mean, they just don't have anybody else. You have uh, the the Trailblazers with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, so they're going to be great as well. Um, so love Denver, love Denver. Yes. Oh, I, I do too. Yep. Uh, if you only if you miss the playoffs by one game okay. last year, and then you are you get arguably the best player, the best prospect in the NBA draft falling to you at fourteen. That'd be Michael Porter yeah. Jr. I mean, that's that, that's very good. I will take I will take Denver. To the playoffs as well, um, and then the Southwest Division. Memphis is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play this year. Really? That's if, if that's the case, then his back is really screwed up. Yeah, that would not maybe, be. That would not be maybe good. Maybe them. You know, there's no reason to play him this year. Just let that heal because if that's a chronic problem, his career's not very long. But I mean, they just got like they're the opposite of Oklahoma City. They don't have a Westbrook or George. They've got like five other guys who are better than anybody else that Oklahoma City has. They, they they signed Isaiah Thomas. I hope he's healthy because I think he you know he'll be a great guy off the bench. Um, but they just got solid group. Jamal Murray, uh, point guard, this will be what his third year. Uh, Gary Harris from Michigan. All these guys that are entering their third and fourth years. Uh, Jokic uh, from Serbia. He's the mm-hmm. hell of a guy. So uh, I mean, they just got a bunch of uh, bunch of good, solid dudes here in their starting lineup. And if uh, Isaiah Thomas can get back to what he is, uh, there will be a fun team. Yes. Yep. So the, the the Northwest Division is the division to watch for. And then the in the Southwest, I mean, Memphis. You know, they, they have Marcus All, they have Conley, but uh, this is a bad team. Uh, Memphis is going to be bad. Uh, the, the Mavericks. You have that uh, Luka Doncic. That's great. Uh, he, I mean, he goes with uh, Dirk Nowitzki for a year, so that's that's fine. Houston obviously is very very good. Um, I, I honestly, I would not be surprised if San Antonio misses the playoffs this year. They, uh, I mean, they just. I know they have Demar Derozan, which helps. You have Rudy Gay. They they, they have pieces there, 
But there's just something that says, you know what, they're going to struggle again this year. And I don't know about the Pelicans. I don't know if Anthony Davis can stay healthy or not for a full season. Um, you know, they they lost. They bring in uh, Julius Randle from the Lakers. They lost Do- uh, Boogie Cousins. They lost Rajon Rondo. You still have Drew Holiday. So New Orleans is one of those teams to watch out for as well. But I, I, I don't know. I, Anthony Davis, the health of him obviously is the X factor there for this group. So overall, I think I will only take two teams from the Southwest. That would be San Antonio and Houston. I'm going to take four from the Northwest, excluding the Timber Puppies. And I'm taking two from the Pacific, the uh, Warriors and the Lakers. Anthony Davis wins MVP. Spurs. Paul Gasol's 38. He's old. Aldridge is 33. I mean, they're an old team. And they this has been going for a long, long time. And Kawhi Leonard was their next guy. I mean, they did it, they did it perfect. They mm-hmm. set the roster up. They set it nicely up. But uh, Kawhi Leonard seems to be an asshole. So yep. that's him. He's so, got a great uh, laugh, that, though. Great laugh. Yeah, just just the greatest laugh you've ever heard. What a what a what a goober he is. <laughs> uh, Memphis really kicked me kicked me in the shorts last year, so screw them. Um, Dallas is intriguing. Dennis Smith Jr. I like him. Uh, Doncic gets as I, I like him as much as I probably hate Josh Allen. So wow, but what? Let that be known at the moment to Luka Doncic. And yeah, to DeAndre Aiden for him to shoot 50% from the foul line. So, uh, I mean, Dallas won't be good, but uh, they've got a couple of guys for the future. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, um, their uh, Western yeah. Conference Finals, I'm going to have the Warriors against the, uh, it's boring, but I'll say the Rockets. To do something different, since uh, since Spurs aren't there anymore, that opens some things up. To do something different, give me Warriors Nuggets. Ooh, I like it. Wow, I like it a lot. Um, this is oh oh, this is Golden State's last year at Oracle Arena before they move to the brand new uh, Chase Center in San Francisco. So they want to win it for the people of Oakland for what that's worth. In the East... Every team every team last year besides Sacramento averaged besides Sacramento and Memphis averaged over 100 points. It wasn't that long ago where it was the opposite. Where like only like a half dozen teams averaged that many. So whatever has happened with basketball over the past five years I think it's been... In the East... Uh, no LeBron James, obviously. So the central is Thank wide God. open. Thank God. Uh, we won't see LeBron James in the NBA Finals again, barring a minor miracle. The three best Thank teams God. are in the Atlantic Division: the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. If we are looking at it, the the Boston Celtics have the most complete roster. The yes. Toronto Raptors have the best player, and Philadelphia has the youngest superstars, shall we say. Um, 
And if Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons somehow develop a shot, and I don't have a lot of confidence, or maybe any confidence, that that's going to happen, then Philadelphia, I think, certainly can skyrocket there. But when you're looking at Boston, we I think some people might forget that Gordon Hayward played what? Less, I mean, he played less than half a quarter last year before blowing out yeah. his knee. So that's that's an added feather. Did he break his ankle? Was it that did he fracture ankle? Oh yeah, yep. He just shattered that damn ankle, just bam. Yep. Was bad. So, bad. with all that being said, I mean, it is the three best teams in this in the in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think they can all be one, two, three in terms of the, the top three seeds in the Eastern Conference. Maybe that still is the case, but um, yeah, yeah, this is a. It's going to be a long year for basketball in New York with the Knicks and the Nets because they don't stand a chance. I look at Indiana. Outside of those three, I like Indiana. Victor Oladipo, baby. He took a step. Um, People thought Oklahoma City won that trade big time at, at the start. Now, maybe not so much. Did you, when you said Victor Oladipo took a step, is he going to get um, is he going to get caught? Is he going to get uh, fined or arrested for taking a step? Because that's theft. It was a step that nobody else took. It was just out there for the taking. Ah, okay. Uh, nobody else possessed the step, so uh, it was his for the taking. So he will not be prosecuted for taking the next step. Very good. Okay. Let that be known. Oh, Tyreek Evans signed with them. Uh, he can add some, maybe some scoring punch. He can maybe average, you know, 17, 18 a game for some more offense. Uh, your favorite player at that East Young, of course, is <laughs> Indiana. That's a big deal for them. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, Indiana. And, and, and Milwaukee. Um, I would like Giannis to not be with this team because this team isn't going to do anything, and we know this. I would like him to go somewhere else to where he's going to do something with a good team. I don't care where he goes. I don't care if he goes to Golden State or the Lakers or Boston or Philadelphia. Get the hell out of Milwaukee, please, and not to be wasted away. You're only 24 years old, but get the hell out of there right now. (laughs) Uh... He's wasted I mean, Milwaukee is going to crush the Central this year. Uh, Indiana, folks. Indiana. I'm going to take Milwaukee, and then I'll have Indiana second. I'll tell you what, though, friends. I think your your Bears, your Bulls team is an intriguing uh, pick this year. Um, I I think they have an outside chance to make the playoffs here. I really do. I just I think Laurie Markkinen is going to take another step. Zach Levine, if he can stay healthy, that's great. Uh, I do like... uh, who they have? Uh, Wendell Carter. They got him in the draft yep. from Duke. Jabari Parker. If he's you know healthy and can do anything worth a damn, I think that's um, something to look at. So the the Bulls are good. The Pistons. I don't know about this team. I think they got they certainly got an upgrade at coach with Dwayne Casey, but outside of Blake Griffin, I don't think there's a whole lot around this team. So I think the Pistons are probably a year away from playoff contention. And then that leaves me to the Cavs. And I get that the they struggled to make the playoffs with LeBron James last year. But maybe that will help this team kind of 
get together and say, you know what, we all need to step up our game now because we don't have LeBron. You have Kevin Love there, which is big. I mean, you have the pieces that they had brought in last year. Larry Nance Jr., he's, he's a fine piece. You have a lot of decent pieces there. You don't have any really true like big stars, but Colin Sexton, point guard um, from Alabama, they got him in the draft. That's big. So for what it's worth, I think Cleveland's got a decent shot to make the playoffs this year. I am not fully prepared yet to say they will make the playoffs, but I think they will finish better than Detroit, and it's going to be a battle between them and Chicago ultimately for one of the final two spots in the Eastern Conference playoffs. If Indiana wins the division, they were two games behind Cleveland last year. They had 48 wins. Didn't they go to a game seven? I think in the first round, yes. Indiana and Cleveland. Yep. So uh, I think that, I think Cleveland and Kevin Love, if, if he has, I don't think he'll be as good as he was in Minnesota because he was awfully good there, like 26 points, 13 rebounds. But if he can get close to that, I think they'll be like the Timberwolves were when he was there, maybe team that to win 35 games. So I I don't like Cleveland to, uh, to make the playoffs. I think the Bulls will be around that 35 win mark as well. And they got a bunch of young guys. They've, they've been doing good here. Uh, Zach Levine, he was better than I thought he would be when he came back off the ACL. So um, he's impressive. Jabari Parker is just uh, atrocious defensively, but if he can maybe give you 15 points, that's something. So uh, they, they've got they're, – they're okay. Um yeah, you take the three teams in the East. You take Indiana and Milwaukee in the Central. I mean, it's 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 a struggle. Southeast Washington. Southeast is garbage. It's hot garbage down there. Atlanta, Atlanta. I mean, Christ, Atlanta. Atlanta was bad last year. They might be worse this year. At least they uh, have Tyus. Uh, you know, they or um, they have yeah. Trey Young. They have Trey Young, so that's some excitement there. But they could have gotten Luka Doncic. And instead, they said, "No, we're going to settle for Trey Young." I mean, I think that's going to be one of the all-time blunders. One yeah. of the uh, Kobe, Kobe to the Hornets. Uh, I think Dirk, uh, Dirk to Milwaukee. They traded him to Dallas. Uh, it's it's bad. It's bad. Yep, not not a good idea there. I mean, who's going to have a worse record, Atlanta or Sacramento? Atlanta. Okay. I mean, I I agree. I think Atlanta is going to be the worst team in the league this year. If they win 20 games, it'll be amazing. Uh, Orlando, I'd love to see them do something, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that. I I am curious. I am curious though with you know Miami, see what they can do. Kemba Walker and Charlotte, I'd love to see the uh, I'd love to see the Hornets uh, make it. Uh, to the playoffs again. I think Kemba Walker is a, a very good player and can certainly do that. And then you do have Washington, who uh, did not they, they they underperformed last year, but you still have Bradley Beal. You have John Wall, so there's a lot there. So as bad as this division is, if you can feast on Orlando and Atlanta, then I think there's an outside shot that they get three teams in. But yeah. I and that's the problem with the East. You can apart from. Four teams, New York, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Orlando. You can make a, a reasonable case for the other 11 teams in that conference to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think we pretty much have the same playoff teams here. I'll take Washington, 
Miami. I guess I'll take Charlotte to be the eight. Can you name one player on the Hawks not named Trey Young? Uh, I don't think I. They well, they got rid there, of Dennis there are new, Schrader. There are there are numerous guys on this roster that I, I did not even know was on the roster. And yet Nate Walters can't find a, an NBA roster. That's no. that's ridiculous to me. Can't do it. So Jeremy Lin is on this team. Jeremy, ooh, Jeremy Lin, huh? Uh, Vince Carter is on the Hawks. Oh yes, the ageless wonder that is Vince Carter. I would say this should be it for Mr. Carter. Uh, one of the Plumleys, one Plumleys is on this team. Uh, I guess their best player, I've barely heard of him. The guy goes by the name of Torian Prince. Oh, I the guy he, from Baylor. Yeah, so he, I guess, is their best guy. But uh, that is a bad, bad-looking bunch of folks. Uh, Tony Parker is with the Hornets. That's just weird. Uh, yeah, it's Kimball Walker and a bunch of dudes, so... Uh, Miles uh, Bridges. I like Miles Bridges for uh, Michigan State. He's with the Hornets. I think he'll be he'll be okay. Wait, did they uh, did yeah, they I'll, do a trade with? I thought he went to Memphis. Who am I thinking of? Who's the other? Oh no, I'm thinking of the other guy. Uh, the other. I think Mich- he went. I, I'm thinking of the other Spartan that uh, the Joe Jackson or Jerry something? and Jackson Jr. Also like Jerry and Jackson Jr. Michigan State. He's in Memphis. Um, Orlando's got a bunch of tall dudes. They've got Aaron Gordon. They got, uh, they that, got Vukovic. They got that Jonathan Isaac from Florida State, if I recall. They got him last year. Um, he didn't be better. They got Mo Bamba. Who's nice. interesting as hell. I mean, they've got you know Mo Bamba and this Isaacson, who are both about seven four and two ten. So uh, skinny, tall, fun bitches. Um. They're 6'10", 6'11", 2, 220. So that's, that's interesting. This era of three-point shot shooters, and, and these guys are developing three-point shots. You're going to see these fools make a load more threes than the, than the point guard for Philadelphia. That's for damn sure. When, when is this guy <laughs> making his first three? When, when is this happening? When is this happening? Are we, gonna, are we talking about Simmons or are we talking Fultz? No, we're talking Simmons. We're talking Simmons. I think it was 0 for 8 last year, 0 for 10. When will he make a three-pointer? You know what? How ridiculous is that to say? <sighs> He's a fine player. He's a tremendous player. He cannot shoot, obviously. All of his points come in the paint. Develop your shots. I am going to I'm going to uh, go out on a small limb and say he makes one within the first five games. Shit. I'm going to go January 1st, for the first game after the year. All right. I can see that there. How about your Eastern Conference uh, playoffs? Who do you – or your Eastern Conference final? Who do you like in there? I'm going to pick uh, Toronto and Boston. Oh. Oh. Have you ever tasted earwax? That's what I felt right there when you said Toronto. Have you ever like done like those bean boozled, uh, like jelly beans, uh, like from the Harry Potter? No. Okay. Uh, Boston, Philadelphia. It was a, uh, it was a fun series last year. It only went five. It was closer than that. Um, Boston, Philadelphia should be great fun. I think these teams uh, hate each other a little bit. 
that's uh, some good fun there. Um, but yeah, you got Giannis again. Leave Milwaukee, Indiana. I like Indiana. Uh, anybody from the southeast can get bent, but uh, and Toronto. Go back to purple, and I like you. But uh, Boston, Philadelphia. Uh, I like it. Uh, so I'll have uh, Boston against Golden State in the NBA Finals and give me Golden State in five. I like uh, Boston in six. I think this is the end of the. Uh, I think this is the end of the run. I hope they stay together. Um, if they win the title, just just stay together. I don't know who would leave. I think Durant would be the only guy. Durant is the only guy I have a question about. And I, I don't want him to go to the Lakers. I hope he I doesn't leave. That would be such a uh, a turd move. I liked, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rare person, I liked him going to Golden State because he went there and they were the best team. If he goes to the Lakers, are the Lakers the best team? Maybe, but it's not as clear cut as it was with Golden State. So I'm not going to fault anybody for going anywhere uh, if, if they're clearly on the best team. Um, you know, but stay stay there as long as possible. But I think uh, maybe Kyrie Irving has, maybe this is his last year with Boston, who knows. And even if it is, they're set up to, uh, to do well with, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. He's, he's the real deal. He is. So I, I think Boston wins over Golden State. All right. There you have it. Uh, Anthony Davis, MVP. Luka Doncic, rookie of the year. Isaiah Thomas, sixth man of the year. Uh, I will agree with you on Luka Doncic as uh, rookie of the year. My MVP will go to... I'll go... Uh, I'll go Jalen Brown. No, no, no. No, I won't. You're right. I won't Jesus do that. Jesus Christ Almighty. <laughs> I'm just I won't do that. I'll give it to you. Uh, Jason, between the two, Jason Tatum's the the better of the two. I will say... Giannis would be a good pick. Yep, Giannis is right up there. What if I go Joel Embiid? That'd be fine. I'll do that. No, 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 we're going back. We're going Kevin Durant. We're going Kevin Durant. Narrowly over Joel Embiid. How about Kawhi Leonard? I'm fine with that, too. Maybe his quad will last this year. I hope so. Uh, magically, I think it's going to be fine. I think somehow it's going to heal. Just just fine. Look at that. You being a doctor, it's very good. Amazing how I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that Canadian medical care. I like it. It's, hey, healthcare is free up there. So, there you go. Uh, anything else, Crins, before we say so long? I got the uh, NAI college basketball team in town. They start in two weeks. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. Dakota Wesley. Uh, yep. Steve, uh, what's his name? Paul Allen. He died. Yes, uh, Seahawks owner, uh, Portland Trailblazers owner, Paul Allen did die on Monday uh, from uh, symptoms, I think, related or a compli- something regarding non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that he was battling for. Uh, he what announced if he had Hodgkin's lymphoma? I, I think he would suffer the same result, probably. Is it like 
gluten free is like I, I don't know non Hodgkin's that. lymphoma versus Hodgkin's lymphoma, gluten free versus non gluten. I I don't I don't know. I what do they do with the gluten when they take it out? I, I, I don't. Where does the gluten go? I'm not a dietitian. I don't know that one. <laughs> they they stick it somewhere else. Do they put it in the jelly beans? No, they don't. Okay. My jelly beans are gluten free. <laughs> the global warming report that that came out last night that was uh, that was uh, very great news for everybody. Yeah. Yep. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. But. Good. Good. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll chat next week. Enjoy the NBA. I'll try. I'll, I'll like it for about a quarter, and then I'll get bored. And then I'll wait till the playoffs. Yep, and then that's fine because in a month we got college basketball. So there we go. I'm hoping I'm in a fantasy NBA league this year. I've tried it once before. It didn't do me any good. Uh, I, I think it will be better this year. So I'm hoping to be more interested in the NBA. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Krenz. I'll see you. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and perspective as always. So big stuff there. Baseball playoffs, NFL going on, college football, NHL, uh, NBA season about to tip off. So big stuff there. Charlie Hildebrand will be on in just a moment here to talk more college football with us. We'll play Bull Bound or Not, so that's going to be exciting. But I uh, always want to remind you that you can find the Sports Block podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, college football talk. Charlie Hildebrand here. Stick around here. It's the Sports Block podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast with more college football talk, and for that, I bring in my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? You know what? I'm pretty good. Good, good. I'm fantastic. Good. You're probably doing better than almost half the uh, top ten teams in college football last week. Uh, what an absolutely bananas week in college football. Definitely the most... Um, Movement, the most shaky. Just overall, it was the most exciting week I think of the college football season. Wouldn't you agree? Up to this point, there's always at least one week like this every year. I mean, maybe we can get lucky and there'll be one or two more. But yeah, this was the best so far. I think, if I remember right, I think seven ranked teams lost. Um, two of them to lower ranked teams and. I think the other five unranked teams. I don't even know which loss was the most surprising. Well, I mean, I, yeah. maybe Iowa State beating West Virginia, but I, I don't know. They, they, probably Miami losing to Virginia, maybe. I tell you, you know what? Iowa State, that's always a difficult place to play. We've seen it in the past where uh, like Oklahoma State's lost up there. Oklahoma's had their issues in years past. I think Texas at some point. So I mean, that's Iowa State's a difficult place to play for whatever reason. I don't. I don't get what. Especially at night, which it was that night last week. Yep. Yep. And so give give Iowa State credit for knocking down West Virginia. I still think if West Virginia were to beat, if they win out, they're going to have wins over Texas, Oklahoma, and. Either one of those two teams again in the Big 12 championship game. 
So if that happens, I like West Virginia's chances still overall. Georgia's got a fair chance. They got a obliterated by LSU there in Death Valley. But if they win out, that would include a win over Alabama. So I think they are still uh, they still have a great chance to to uh, make it to the college football playoff. But the teams that did themselves worth noting that last year Georgia got blown out by Auburn and then turned around and beat Auburn by roughly the same score in the SEC title. Right. And it's who's to say that Georgia wouldn't be meeting up with LSU in the SEC championship game should LSU beat Alabama? I mean, that's a that's a. a, a or, or also, Georgia could lose either Kentucky or Florida and not yes. even make the conference title game in the first place. I don't like that they. Like I think maybe we were like if you were to pick the two most confident division winners going into the season, mm-hmm. like maybe Wisconsin, and then like Clemson winning the Atlantic and Georgia winning the East. I think we're like the most, uh, and, then probably, and then I guess Alabama also, but those were all, but I think clearly Alabama's going to, yep. and Clemson probably will also, but, you know, the other ones, it's like, well, maybe not, maybe not as uh, open and closed as we thought. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the Great American Cocktail Party, or the Great American Get-Together, that's in a couple of weeks here, Georgia and Florida. I mean, Florida looks... I think it was the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Ah, uh, yes. And they, they, got rid of, yeah. they got rid of the cocktail because apparently that's not appropriate. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. I don't know, something dumb. Yeah, too much drinking or something like that. I don't, uh, I don't necessarily get it. I don't like that they dropped the name. But either way, that game looms large in a couple of weeks here. Florida is playing pretty good. I mean, it, it's surprising to say, but, I mean, especially defensively, Florida is so good. They should have probably lost to Vanderbilt this week, but still, having said that, uh, Georgia's in for a for a tough game when they play Florida in a couple of weeks. I agree with that. You know, their only loss is to Kentucky, which doesn't look that bad now. Nope. And I think we basically just reached the point in the year where we're starting to get to as long as you don't lose. Like, you should be okay with that. I think that maybe gets cranked up a little more so in November. But even now, when you get into conference play, you just get into where, you know, it's, it's really difficult to win conference road games. I'm not positive. I believe Florida played at Vanderbilt. It, it, yes. Even if the yep. team doesn't have a great home field advantage or anything, it's still it's always difficult to win conference road games unless you're, you know, Alabama or someone like that, and you're just like, well, we're just going to beat them because we're that much better. Uh, the uh, Where was I going with this? Oh, yes. Uh, Washington, I thought, had the worst loss of the weekend. Be, not because they, you know, they, they shouldn't have... I mean, they were on the road playing a ranked Oregon team, so that's good. But they their loss, their second loss of the year now... That, in effect, I mean, they, they aren't going to make it to the college football playoff. Both you and I had picked Washington to go there. We also had Wisconsin. They get blown out by Michigan, so their hopes are done. But Washington, had they beaten Oregon, they had a pretty smooth sailing all the way to the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, I think they would still have to play Stanford, but that game would be in Seattle. And then they would have to, you know, just beat the Pac-12 South winner, and that doesn't look like that would be all that difficult with the way the Pac-12 South is shaping out to be this year. So I thought Washington would still have a very good chance at making the college football playoff, but now with that loss to Oregon in what I would deem to be 
probably the game of the day in college football or the game of the week. Uh, that's a tough loss for them. They're they're done now. I think they're uh, more or less they're done. I mean, I suppose we get into a scenario where there's all these two or three losses, but you know that's very unlikely. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's safe to say they're done. And even if you get a whole bunch of two-loss teams, I mean, I don't think a two-loss Washington would get in over a two-loss also-conference champ, you know, like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or somebody like that. So, yeah, unfortunately for the Huskies, I think uh, I think they're done. And, and kudos to Trackler, a uh, friend of the program, who picked Oregon to win the Pac-12 North before the season started. That looked, yep. uh, that looked strong right now. Yep. Uh, Oregon does go up to Washington State. College game day will be in Pullman, Washington. First time ever in uh, it, in program history there that they will be at Washington State. So Old Crimson, the Washington State flag, will be right at home there. Uh, do we see Oregon having a slip up against Washington State? It, this seems to be more of a mismatch than anything else. Like Washington State just barely is in the, the top 25. So... It's not like we're having a top 10 or top 15 battle here. But uh, Oregon, after that big win over Washington, do you see them maybe having a letdown against Washington State? I don't think that Oregon's going to lose. I think they're going to struggle, though. I mean, when you go from having a really big overtime win, you know, against a ranked team, about rivals against Washington, that they're, you know... Yeah, it's, it's really tough to turn around and get just as excited and up mentally and emotionally for the next game, especially when you're going on the road where now Washington State is essentially going to be what Oregon was last week. And I don't think Washington State's going to pull the upset, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Miami was coming off that big win against Florida State, a comeback win, and then they lay an egg at Virginia. I mean, that seems somewhat inexplicable, too. Uh, But then you have two teams, Penn State and Auburn, suffer what I would deem to be embarrassing losses against uh, Penn State lost to Michigan State at home, and Auburn lost to Tennessee at home. So I I think I know the the obvious answer here, but which team had the more embarrassing loss? Even though Penn State's better, I think clearly Auburn had the worst loss because I just don't think Tennessee's that good. I don't think Michigan State's great either, but at least Michigan State had the same head coach for a while and had you know a bunch of guys back from last year's team. And even though Michigan State had kind of struggled at times and lost to Arizona and had some games where they didn't look great, like I think we could agree Michigan State's probably going to still win like eight games this year. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like. There's any way Tennessee is getting to eight. And you know, a first year coach at Tennessee, like I, I don't know. Auburn's one of the strangest teams in the country. They are so damn bipolar. Where they're just like, it's almost like it's alternating in years at times too. Where it's like, oh my god, Auburn's going to win the national title. Oh my god, they're terrible. We're going to fire our coach. And I don't know. I don't know how Auburn fans live through the roller coaster ride of being a Tiger. Well, at least they have a national championship here as of you know recent to help them with that. The Cam Newton one, but um, yeah, it's, I mean that's 
certainly interesting there. Uh, Notre Dame struggled with Pittsburgh, but they survived. Uh, South Florida and Central Florida both survived on the road against uh, South Florida beat Tulsa. They came back one by one. Central Florida was down by a lot against Memphis. They came back in one by one. So that's big there. Uh, curious, I mean, with the American Athletic Conference have having three teams as good as they do, at the, three teams ranked in the top 25, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and South Florida, they're all in the same conference, or all in the same division. So they're going to beat up on each other. But if Central Florida can make it out of that gauntlet undefeated, I just look at the way that things could shape out in the top 10 with all these teams having multiple losses, and let's say Notre Dame somehow loses to uh, to USC or some someone like that. And I think I asked this last week, and it's probably not going to happen, but can Central Florida do this? I mean, they need a lot to fall their way, but arguably with four top 10 teams falling last week, that certainly helped their case a little bit. I think it's possible the door is cracked open ever so slightly. Maybe the first hurdle is they'd have to go undefeated in the regular season yes. and through conference title week two years in a row, and that's incredibly difficult to do. If they can do that, the biggest thing they have going for them is the name recognition on how good they were last year. They beat a really good Auburn team in the Peach Bowl. You know, just going by memory here, nobody really cared about Boise State when they were undefeated going into the bowl game in like 04 or whatever. Yep. And I think they lost to Louisville. Nobody cared about them really at all until they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl to go undefeated. And then when they were really good, you know, on and off again after that, it was like, oh yeah, well we've got the name recognition now, so they kind of got more, like they got more credit. Mm-hmm. You know, we can debate whether it was as much as they should have gotten, but certainly they at least got more than other mid-major teams who do the same thing. I think it was kind of like that with Houston. I think Houston had one loss that year with Tom Herman, but beat Florida State and whatever New Year's Six game that was. Uh, that might have also been the Peach Bowl. And then they came in and they were highly ranked the next year. You know, fortunately for Houston, they also, you know, got to play Oklahoma and Louisville when they had Lamar Jackson the year they won the Heisman, but they I think they lost three games that year. But they got a lot of benefit in the rankings. I think we're seeing that with Central Florida. Man. I mean, they're what, they're 10th in the AP Bowl, I think? Yep, and like, ninth they, they in the coaches. And they weren't in the top 10 until after the whole season was over. Like, they were, if I remember right, they were like 11 or 12 going into the game with Auburn. So... I think it's going to be tough to get into the top four, and you know, I guess it's also worth noting that the, the AP and the coaches poll aren't relevant to the college football playoff bowl committee rankings. But I think that even though it's only this year supposed to matter, it's just human nature that you're going to know more about branding and name brands than what teams have done recently. And I, 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 I don't think that. UCF's going to get in just because I think there will be one loss Big Ten or SEC teams that get in. But if we could get a scenario where there's like only one or two undefeated or one loss teams and other teams have two losses, I think Central Florida would get in then. Before we get into bowl bound or not, uh, what was your biggest 
takeaway then I guess from week seven with all the losses maybe you want to go outside of the top 10 losses and everything what was your biggest overall takeaway from week seven um this isn't super specific to a single team but just that that every year in college football there's weekends like this and I think this is part of I think college football is my favorite sport my favorite level of football and I think it's getting re- your weeks like Saturday. Why? That there's just all these games that, and you know, some of them I think they, like if, if someone would have said, you know, on Friday, like, oh, well, LSU's going to win at home against Georgia. Like, I think we would say, like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that happening. But then blowing them out was surprising. You know, I don't think a whole lot of people would have picked Iowa State to beat West Virginia or Virginia to beat Miami or Tennessee to beat Auburn. And all three of them happened. And then, you know, like you mentioned with both UCF and USF were on the ropes, had chances to lose. I guess USF wasn't Saturday, but but the point still being that there's just you get these weekends where the dominoes are lined up just right and they actually all hit the right domino in front of them and it makes a long chain of things that happen. That's really fun and entertaining. I think those are the weeks that, you know, when you're thinking about how much fun football season is in May or July or whatever, hoping for the season getting there. Like, these are the weeks that you think of, you know. It's not the Mm -hmm. one where there's one top 25 matchup and there's two close games all weekend and one of them's a game you don't care about at all. This upcoming week slate is not very good, but then again, you know we could have another chaotic scene like we did last week. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State play one another. That's a battle of ranked teams there. That's in Michigan State. Does Michigan State have how big of a chance do they have of upsetting in-state rival Michigan? I think you've got to say they've got a really good chance. I mean, Harbaugh's only beat Michigan State once. And it was that year Michigan State went like three and nine or four and eight two or three years ago. And they, didn't Michigan State win last year in the Big House in that rainstorm? It was just like yep. cold, dreary night. That is a hundred percent correct. They also won on that one where Michigan should have won, but yeah. uh, the punt. You know, oh, Michigan! They bobbled the step, and I don't, I don't remember who it was. But I have to play call on uh, that. Sean McDonough, I believe. But but that game and. Like I, I would lean towards Michigan winning. I think Michigan's better, but just for, for you know, some teams, at, at times I think college football is just like a giant game of rock paper scissors. And some teams are some teams are really, really, really good scissors, good at slicing things. Mm-hmm. And then they just run into a team that's a rock, and it's just like, well, whatever they do, we're just not good against that right now. And I think, and it seems like that's kind of what Michigan's had a problem with against Michigan State. At least since Harbaugh took over, you know, before Harbaugh, a lot of those times Michigan State was just straight up better. I don't know if Michigan State straight up better, you know, most of the last four or five years now, but they've only lost once, and I think I, I, I'm going to give Michigan State like a 38 percent chance to win against Michigan, not below 50, but but definitely like a realistic shot. North Carolina State's undefeated. Who knows if they would have been would be undefeated if they had to have played West Virginia, but that was a game that was canceled by Hurricane Florence earlier in the season. But they traveled to Clemson to take on number three Clemson. Do we foresee an upset here, or is Clemson going to take care of business? 
I, where's where's the game at again? It's in Clemson, the other it's Death in Valley. And, and I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play or if he's healthy. I don't even like. I don't. I don't think Clemson didn't play this past weekend. I don't think. Uh, you are if correct. They did, they did not. Somewhat. Okay. So, I mean, I think if if Lawrence plays and Lawrence is healthy, I think Clemson wins by I don't know seventeen or so. If he's not fully healthy, or the other guy, the backup's got to play, and then I think it's a coin flip of the game because I just. I think NC State's good enough to keep the uh, what the Clemson running back ETN from from going wild. And if they're not running the ball well, I just don't trust Clemson without Warren throwing it. Does LSU suffer uh, a I don't know a setback? Not not really setback, but do they? Do they come out a little uh, with a little less emotion, a little lackluster against uh, Mississippi State? It is in Death Valley at night, so you would think they'd be amped up for it. But did they suffer a setback at all this week? I think they are also going to win. I, I think that game is going to be like Oregon Washington State. I think LSU is going to have a bit of a hangover, even though it's at home, where Oregon's going on the road. But I think they're going to struggle for a while, but they're going to find a way find a way to win in kind of a a gross old-fashioned SEC game that's like 17 to 13. And finally, uh, Oregon at Washington State, we do expect Oregon to win, or are they going to uh, come out a little flat, kind of like Virginia did this last week, you know, after beating a, a rival? Um, Virginia beat Miami, so do we see Washington State upending Oregon? I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to go down to the the final quarter and maybe the final whistle of the game. I think Oregon's going to get out and it's going to feel like they escaped Alcatraz or you know like nineteen seventies Alcatraz. I'm just be like, we won. We're going to get the hell out of here before someone changes their mind. All right, very good. So, uh, anything else before that we need to discuss before we get to uh, bull bound or not? I don't know, I'm trying to run through things in my head. I don't know. Um, I don't have any big college football things as a whole. Um, hey, I mean, SDSU yeah. won on Hobo Day against Bull Pelini and Youngstown State, so that was good. Oh, that's worth bringing up, that uh, the first head coach got fired this year, Bowling Green's coach, who I forget what his name is, Oh, and he's been fired. And then, so they, their interim head coach for Bowling Green is one Carl Pelini. Former oh. <laughs> defensive coordinator at Nebraska. I think he was the head coach at Florida International and brother of Bo Pelini. Who, uh, yeah, is the head coach somewhere again now. Wow. That Bowling Green is and, one in five. Uh, they had a lead. Mean, nothing would be funnier if somehow Carl Pelini won enough games to get the permanent head coaching job at Bowling Green. And then Bo Pelini got fired at Youngstown State and Carl hired Bo to be his defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, so Brothers would both have been head coaches with their uh, with the brother as a defensive coordinator for them. They, they both know what it's like on both ends. Uh, the, how the tables have turned, I think, is how that would go. That would be yeah. that would be really funny. Um, but with that being said, it is time to get to the game. The reviews keep coming in. Madison and Wisconsin's all over this game, but. Madison said, uh, I don't really want to talk about uh, this week because my Badgers are out, so sorry Madison. And Arbor says, come on, 
Uh, we, you know, Michigan doesn't care about the bowl. We want to go to the playoff, but still love the love the game. So appreciate uh, appreciate them. Gary in Indiana, he's a I've been a listener for the last couple of years now. So Gary, thank you. Um, so the. People just love it. America. Nebraska had his power disconnected. Nobody's been able to reach him for a month. Yeah, that's a that's a shame. You know what? He might want to. We might bring up Nebraska here in a moment, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that here. So let's let's go into it right now. Uh, we'll go. We'll start with the Big Ten here. The Big Ten East. All the teams except Rutgers has it, have at least four wins. So we're gonna go away from the Big Ten East. We're going to go to the Big Ten West because there are four teams at 3-3 three and three in, in this Big Ten West. And we're going to start with Northwestern. And they are 3-3. Three and three. They are at Rutgers, home to Wisconsin, home to Notre Dame, at Iowa, at Minnesota, and then home to Illinois. Charlie Hildebrand, is Northwestern bull bound or not? That was tough, but now you get to either be five and seven or six and six. I think Pat Fitzgerald's a really good coach, so I'm going to say they either be pulling upset or yeah, I'm I'm going to say Northwestern gets the six and six and goes to a bowl game. Because they're going to beat they're going to beat Rutgers and they're going to beat Illinois, so it's just a matter of so then it's either beating Minnesota or pulling an upset. And not not to say that beating Minnesota wouldn't necessarily be an upset, but it would. He would definitely be an upset if he'd be one of the other three as, as of now at least. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so, we have Northwestern there. Let's uh, bring up, who shall we bring up next? Let's bring up Purdue. They are 3-3. Three and three. They are home to Ohio State, at Michigan State, home to Iowa, at Minnesota, home to Wisconsin, and at Indiana is Purdue. I don't, I don't think the math works well for Purdue there. I think if you get to five, it's really going to be tough for them to get to six. That's, that's a tougher remaining. That's about as nasty in the last six games as you can get, I think. Illinois is 3-3, three and three, surprisingly so. Uh, they are at Wisconsin, at Maryland, home to Minnesota, at Nebraska, Home to Iowa and at Northwestern. Is Illinois bull bound or not? Wow, that's painful. That's that's a more realistic. I, I thought Illinois the second you said they're three and three, I thought there's no way they'd get to six. I I still don't think they get there. I'm gonna say no, but that's not as daunting that that's the least daunting road Illinois had to get to a bowl game like in the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, six games left? Like, yeah, that's that's plausible. We can do that. But I'm going to say no. Minnesota is at Nebraska, home to Indiana, at Illinois, home to Purdue, home to Northwestern, and at Wisconsin. Is Minnesota bowl bound or not? I think that they are not going to row the boats because they will not be in town. They're going to be on a bowl game somewhere this December. Somewhere nice. You know they've they've played a lot better lately. Well, good. I I'm glad to hear that. Marcus is glad to hear that. Uh, 
Minnesota's playing better. They are a very young team. I think that's something that you have to remember here with this squad. But they, they played Ohio State really tough last week. I think part of it, too, is they're just in year two with the, the system. They've got them, a new coach. And it's just I think right. it's easier when you're not stopping practice every 17 seconds to say, no, 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 that's not right. You know, you don't have to do that all the time. So I think, I think that's part of it. Yep, totally agree. Let's go to the Pac-12 here. We'll go uh, to Cal. Cal is three and three, so we're looking at the three win teams right now. If you're if you're if you're following along at home, Cal is at Oregon State, home to Washington, at Washington State, at USC, home to Stanford, and home to Colorado. Is Cal bull bound or not? Unfortunately, I don't think they are. Not impossible, but they're they're going to beat Oregon State, and there was like one other one where I was like, yeah, they have a good chance, and then I gave the underdogs and all the others. So I think it'll take an upset or two. They lost to UCLA. That's not good. No, and I I think they can beat Oregon State, but other than Oregon State, I, I wouldn't feel all that great about them winning any of the other five. Speaking of UCLA, they host Arizona this week. Arizona is three and four. They so Arizona's at UCLA. They host Oregon. They host Colorado. They are at Washington State, and then they're home to Arizona State. Is Arizona bull bound or not? They're three and four. Yep. I'm gonna say no. They maybe maybe get to five, not get to six though. And a good chance they stay at like four. They get to four, and that's it. Ugh. That'd be rough. There are Which a lot of bad because they should be a lot better. I just, sometimes coaching hires don't work, or sometimes they do work, but they're just really bad in year one. I don't yep. know what's going on in Arizona, but they're not all that great this year. They should be better. Yeah, what happened to uh, to Khalil Tate and company? I don't know. I know that in like the first game, they didn't. I mean, like they didn't want him until like the middle of the third quarter. They were trying to throw it. Well, I mean, I think he's okay at throwing, but he's a much better rusher. And I think he got hurt at some point. Like not miss games, but nagging, not a hundred percent injury. And I think that's the problem. So. Uh, Arizona State, let's go to them next. Um, well, we would go. Yes, there we go. Arizona State. They are home to Stanford, at USC, home to Utah, home to UCLA, at Oregon, and at Arizona. Is Arizona State bull bound or not? I can't believe I'm saying this based off what we thought a month and a half ago. But I, <laughs> I'm going to say that somehow it's... Arizona State gets the three. They're going to beat Arizona. They're going to beat. They still have to play UCLA. You said yes. Uh, they're going to beat. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They host UCLA. They're going to beat UCLA at home. They're going to beat Arizona, and then they're going to win one other game. I'm not sure which one, but they're going to get one of them. And they're going to the Arizona win is going to get them to six, and there's going to be cameras in the locker room with Herb Edwards giving a speech. That, that will be what his tenure is most remembered for. Some some classic Herb Edwards excited victory speech. Then when he gets fired four years later, people will be like, well, at least, at least we had that locker room videotape. 
Ugh, that would that would just be insane, insane if that happens. Uh, yeah, consider. I mean, we thought Arizona State outside of Oregon State would be the worst team in in I the Pac-12. Just be terrible, and I, like I don't think they're great, but they're competent. And the Pac-12 South isn't very good. And when you mix those three things together, you can get to six and six. Right, right. Let's see here. Uh, what else? Do- Trying to find one one more division or maybe a couple more teams here to look at. Uh, let's see. Let's go with. We'll tackle some of the mid majors here in a couple of weeks. So let's just let's go to the independents. Okay. Liberty is three and three. This is their first year, I think, at D one. Liberty hosts Idaho State. Yes, I think they were yes. at the yes. Yep. Before. Yep. Uh, they host Idaho State. They are at UMass. They are at UVA. They are at uh, UVA. I mean University of Virginia. They are at Auburn. They host New Mexico State and they host Norfolk State. Can Liberty get to six wins? Is Liberty going to be bowl bound or not? I'm going to preface this with I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think that Liberty is in the transitioning thing where they're not full eligible. They might be, but I don't believe that they're able to go to one this year. We'll take that with a bit of a grain of salt. But I think they're getting the six wins. I think they will at least get to 500. It helps when you can play Idaho, who's bad, and when you can play uh, UMass isn't great, and then it was Norfolk State, I think. Yep. Yeah, I, I think they're going to win all three of those games. Maybe even another one too. Not a, not, a, but one of them's Auburn. Yes. Yeah, I don't think they're going to beat Auburn. No. Even though Auburn lost to Tennessee, I don't think Auburn's going to lose to Liberty. Let's see. There, there's one other one. I, I'm just going to ask about BYU. Well, I, you, I think Notre Dame's going to go to a bowl game. Yes. I think they'll find a way to squeak out enough wins to get in. Well, I think they're already bowl eligible, so that's good. Uh, BYU's an interesting team here. They're 4-3. and three. They host Northern Illinois. They host, or they, uh, they don't host, they're at Boise State. Then they're at UMass. They host New Mexico State, and they're at Utah. Is BYU bowl-bound or not? Not only are they bowl-bound, I think, I think they're going to have seven wins going into bowl games. Wow. Not just Okay, I am going to throw one other division in here. I'm going to throw the Sun Belt at us. Okay. Uh, we'll start with Coastal Carolina. They ho- they are at UMass. They are at Georgia State. They host Appalachian State. They host Arkansas State. They host Georgia Southern, and they're at South Alabama. Is Coastal Carolina bowl bound or not? Before you started lifting off those teams, I was going to say yes, but it sounds like they maybe have, like, the meat of the Sun. Nah, not that the Sun Belt's the best conference, but they've got a lot of the heavy hitters in the conference left. I'm, I'm going to say that, unfortunately, the team with maybe the best colors gets the five, but doesn't get the six. I tend to agree with you. They are the uh, they are the Jacksonville Jaguars of the co- of FCS in terms of their colors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Are with, they the Chanticleers, or is that yes. somebody else? Nope, nope. That that's that's Coastal Carolina. So you're right. Yep, they are the Chanticleers. 
Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, is 3-3. Three and three. They are at Appalachian State. They host Arkansas State. They're at Troy. They host Georgia State. They host South Alabama. And they are at Louisiana Monroe. Is Louisiana bullbound or not? Well, they need to win three. I think they're going to lose their next three games, which would put them at three and six, and it would mean they'd have to win out. And I think they're going to do it. They're going to win the last three just to get in at six and six. Very good. I think they will as well. Um, yeah, looking at that, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But then if you get to host South Alabama, you get to host Monroe. Uh, uh, I think that uh, that certainly bodes well for them. Uh, one, uh, we'll do one other team here. Let's look at. Uh, oh no, we'll, we'll do two more. Louisiana Monroe is three and four. They host Texas State. They host Georgia Southern. They are at South Alabama, at Arkansas State, and then they host Louisiana. So is Louisiana Monroe bullbound or not? Unfortunately, no, because they're both they and uh, Louisiana are going to be five and six heading into that last game, but they're not going to win. So I, got, I already got it mixed up. The one we did first is the one that's going to win. The most recent one you yes. asked me. That one's going to lose, yeah. and we'll go 5-7. and seven. So Lafayette gets in, Monroe does not. Yeah. Correct. Very good. Finally, Arkansas State, 3-3. Three and three. They host Georgia State. They are at Louisiana. They host South Alabama. They are at Coastal Carolina. They host Monroe, and then they are at Texas State. Is Arkansas State bullbound or not? I think they're doing it. Red Wolves generally are pretty good, at least in terms of being thumbed out. I think they probably get to seven. All right. That's, that's, I would agree with that there. I do now have to just ask on a couple of other ones here. Unfortunately, on the other end of the spectrum, when will they? We won't be talking about the undefeated teams. We'll get to that next week or the, the next time uh, that you join us here, maybe in a couple weeks. But I will ask on a couple of teams that are still winless, and I have. I'm sorry I have to do this, but I have to ask about Nebraska. When will they, Charlie Hildebrand, when will Nebraska get their first win? Well, my recollection is that this weekend they play Minnesota, yes. and then the following weekend they play Bethune-Cookman. Yes. I think it'll be in a week and a half when they play Bethune-Cookman. Okay. All right. Which is just like everyone's thought going into Scott Frost's first year, is that their first win would be a team that wasn't even on the schedule a month and a half ago and is only there because of the lightning cancellation. Right. I mean, do you think they would have beaten Akron if they hadn't had that lightning cancellation? I 100% think they would have beat Akron, and I think they also would have then beat Colorado because they would have had a game under their belt. I think they would have still gotten smoked by Michigan and lost to Wisconsin and probably lost one or two others. But I think that that... I think that game set off a weird chain of events that was very bad and negative for them, that they're just not going to overcome this year. That they're they're going to be crappy all of this year, and then hopefully they're better next year. UTEP is 0-6. When isn't UTEP winless or just shitty? Uh, they are at Louisiana Tech. They were okay when Carson Palmer's younger brother was their quarterback, oh. but that is uh, longer and longer ago. <laughs> that is very true. They are at Louisiana Tech. They are home to UAB. 
then they are at Rice, and then they host Middle Tennessee, then they're at Western Kentucky, and then host Southern Miss. Uh, just to give you the team, the, the records here, Louisiana Tech's 4-2, and two, UAB is 5-1, and one, Rice is 1-6, Middle Tennessee is 3-3, three and three, Western Kentucky's 1-5, and five, and Southern Miss is 2-3. and three. So the arguably the winnable games are coming on the road for UTEP. So when will they, Charlie Hildebrand, when will UTEP get their first win? They're going to think it's going to be against Rice, and they're going to have everything lined up blow it at the end, but then they're going to win at home the next week against Metal Tennessee. All right. There we go. Finally, uh, San Jose State. San Jose State stinks. But the team that copies South Dakota State's colors and uniforms and all that stuff. Yes. Yes. Them. Uh, let's see what is their schedule looking like here. It can't be very good. Uh, I mean, they just lost 52-3 to to Army. That's not good. You never want to do that. To be fair, Army's a lot better now than they were like five years ago. But still, that's not good to lose that bad to a service academy What What's funny about that game, too, is it was in Santa Clara, which, I mean, is very... I mean, it's at, it was at Levi Stadium, so it was just a hop, skip, and a jump from San Jose State's campus, essentially, but they called it a neutral site game, and Army just goes in there and annihilates them. Very funny to me. Well, you know, stacking, to be fair, the United States Army is usually pretty good at going other places and beating them up pretty bad. That's kind of what they get paid for. Well, that is, that is true. That is very true. Um, so, San Jose State is at San Diego State, home to UNLV, at Wyoming, at Utah State, home to Nevada, and at Fresno State. That's a daunting schedule right there. You could not have arguably four more difficult road games. Wyoming aside, San Diego State, Utah State, and Fresno and State. Wyoming's not easy to beat on the road. I right. mean, it's, it's like I think a lot of times people think you know, like I think you and I understand this, but a lot of people are like, oh well. I mean, Wyoming and California not that far, but I mean that's that's a long trip from California to Wyoming. Right. So, uh, when is San Jose State going to get their first win? <laughs> Probably UNLV would be my guess. If not UNLV, then I would say Nevada. And if not Nevada, then they're just not not until 2019. And maybe not even then. <laughs> maybe not then. I'm going to say UNLV, though. All right. So, October 27th, Spartan fans, get ready. San Jose State's beating UNLV. Charlie, All 312 of you get ready. Right. Yes, yes, I, very good. I enjoy the reference. Uh, Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, we'll be chatting in a couple weeks, I'm sure, with another look. Uh, we'll play bull bound or not, and we'll see if uh, we'll see how the college football playoff landscape is shaping up. But uh, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you later, bud. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal. Uh, kind enough to join us here. Uh, appreciate his time and perspective as always regarding college football. Our resident college football expert. Uh, you can find out his coffee uh, break stuff. It's on SiouxCityJournal.com. He's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, he has a podcast too. Um, talks about South Dakota and I think it's beyond the box score. Running up the score. I'll get that here for you. 
Yes, running up the score. There we go. So, Charlie does that. So, very good stuff there. Uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast uh, with uh, with a look back at the NFL picks. San Francisco blew it against Green Bay. Don't know how they... It's Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad, bad man. We'll talk about it all next here and make some early picks for Week 7 in the NFL. It's coming up here on the final uh, few minutes here of the Sports Block Podcast. We wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at last week in the NFL, make some early picks for the next week in the NFL, as we always do every week. So let's get right to it here. Week six, uh, it began with a clunker. The Philadelphia Eagles went into MetLife Stadium in New York, or technically New Jersey, and dominated the Giants 34-13. The Giants looked bad in this one, despite Saquon Barkley, who had 229 total yards of offense, 130 rushing, 99 receiving. Uh, it's just a bad team right now, and... Uh, I don't know if it's going to get any better. Carson Wentz looked really good for the Eagles in this one. Sunday then, uh, Matt Ryan at 354 yards and three touchdowns, yet still needed to survive a wacky play at the end by the Buccaneers to hold on for the 34-29 win. Jameis Winston, last play of the game, ran right up the middle, uh, 15 yards, and then lateraled the ball back. Adam Humphreys could not corral it in time, but... uh, it went to Mike Evans, who immediately threw it behind him to Deshaun Jackson, who was standing along the sideline. And if Deshaun Jackson gets it cleanly, I think he scores. Five Falcons were closing in, but with Deshaun's speed, I think he gets in before they can get to him. And there would have been another gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss for the Falcons. But they do get the win, 34-29. And remember that 2-0 start that the Buccaneers had? Oh, seems like such a long time ago. They are now two and three. Hashtag as expected. The Pittsburgh Steelers went into Cincinnati and beat the AFC North leading Bengals 28 to 21. The Bengals had a 21-20 lead after Joe Mixon scored with one minute, 18 seconds to go in the fourth quarter on a touchdown run. But then Big Ben just drove the Steelers down the field calmly and then the Bengals inexplicably blitzed and allowed Antonio Brown to be wide open on a slant and he ran in for a score however it looked like there should have been pass interference called on the Steelers as they had a wide receiver blocking downfield now the NFL Alberto Riveron has said that it was legal but he's shown at times that he does not know how to interpret rules or how you know to to overturn a replay. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and he was a former official. Um, but either way, the Steelers win. Uh, it's another loss at home to the Bengals, or for the Bengals to the Steelers. thought the Browns would uh, give the Chargers all they could ask for and win a close one. Well, the Browns look like the Browns of 2017. And uh, the the Chargers just steamrolled them in Cleveland, 38 to 14. Melvin Gordon three rushing touchdowns in this one. Uh, not great for the Browns to say the least. Uh, a clunker game. How about the Bills and the Texans? The Texans looked terrible on offense. Deshaun Watson couldn't do much of anything right. Uh, 
couldn't do much anything right or much of anything at all uh, but the Texans actually found themselves down 13 to 10 and then Nathan Peterman our old friend uh, filling in for an injured Josh Allen promptly through two interceptions uh, there was a pass interference penalty down like on the previous drive that allowed the Texans to get to the one from the 43. A terrible pass interference penalty. I think it was by Philip Gaines of the Bills. And then Nathan Peterman threw a pick, a pick six. An awful interception. He should never have thrown that ball. Wide receiver was not open, to say the least. Pick six, and then the next play, he throws another interception. So Texans win 20-13. Lucky to beat the Bills, but because Nathan Peterman is so bad. Miami beats the Bears 31-28. to in overtime, the Dolphins, uh, this was a weird game. The Bears couldn't get any offense going in the first half. Second half, they come out guns blazing, and they jump out to a 21-10 lead, only to see Albert Wilson come with a couple of very long touchdown catches, but they were long touchdowns because of the runs after the catch. He burned the Bears' secondary in this one. We forced overtime. And the Dolphins had a chance. I say we, I don't know. Anyway, the Dolphins forced overtime. They have the ball, and Kenyon Drake fumbles it at the one-yard line as the Dolphins would have gone in on the first possession to win the game. The Bears recovered, and then they missed a field goal, allowing the Dolphins, with like two minutes left, to go down the field for a potential game-winning field goal. They get that field goal with no time remaining. Sanders kicks the winning field goal, and the Dolphins escape with a 31-28 win. And there is no more relieved player in the NFL this week that their team won than Kenyon Drake. She can't fumble at the one. Vikings beat the Cardinals 27-17. Adam Thielen, 111 receptions, 123 yards, receiving and a touchdown in this one. He leads the league in receptions. He leads the league in... Uh, receiving yards. Dude is phenomenal. Uh, I got a feeling that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's completely with Crins in this one. Uh, Latavius Murray added 155 yards rushing and a touchdown for his best rushing performance in a while and the, the Vikings' best rushing performance of the year, no doubt. Kirk Cousins did throw an interception and lost another fumble in this one. The lost fumbles are really a cause for concern, but the win was a costly one for the Vikings. Rookie cornerback Mike Hughes, who's looked very promising this year, had a pick six in the first game of the year against the 49ers, tore his ACL, so he is done for the year. Jets beat the Colts 42-34, and it was in large part thanks to kicker Jason Myers, who made seven field goals in this one and had three extra points. Hey, you know, it's been a rough year for kickers, so celebrate this Jason Myers seven field goals. Uh, pretty amazing there. Jets are now 500. Colts drop to one and five. The Seattle Seahawks flew to London and were supposed to be playing a football game there against a team. I think it was should have been the Oakland Raiders, but no one showed up. At least that's what you would believe if you watched this one. The the Seahawks rolled the Oakland Raiders 27 to three. The Raiders looked absolutely terrible in this one. Uh, Russell Wilson had three touchdowns, but I mean, just just a complete no show by the Raiders. John Gruden, if they hadn't gotten lucky by the refs, this, this team would be 0 6. This is a bad, bad Raiders team. 
Washington beats the, the Carolina Panthers 23-17. to uh, Josh Norman, former Panthers cornerback, had an interception and forced fumble. Adrian Peterson ran well. Alex Smith, the, the, the Washington offense, clicked early on. Panthers, too many mistakes. I mean, this extra point, uh, a couple of turnovers. It just was not a great game for them. So they lose 23-17 to Washington. And didn't we all think that the Washington offense would be able to to thwart the, the Carolina Panthers um, and, and their offense? I think we all had that. No? We didn't? I, I guess we didn't. I'm being facetious. Of course we didn't. The Rams, un, still undefeated, they beat the Denver Broncos 23-20. Todd Gurley, career high, 208 yards rushing. It, had, it was a big snowstorm earlier in the day, but the field looked great. It was 26 degrees. Uh, the Rams did exactly what they needed to. Uh and that was run the football. The Broncos staged a comeback and a rally late, but it fell short when they couldn't get the onside kick. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had a big day in this one, but his taunting penalty on what he thought was a touchdown in the first quarter that ended up getting called down to the one cost his team 15 yards, and then they didn't get a touchdown. They could only settle for a field goal, so that loomed large in the end. Um, just shouldn't do that, and the Broncos lose 23-20. to the Dallas Cowboys embarrass the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-7. The Jaguars have given up 70 points the last two weeks. And Blake Bortles looks absolutely awful. Now, uh, I, I don't know what to say about this Jaguars team. It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the, the Cowboys offense looked great in this one. Dak Prescott ran really well. He, he hit Cole Beasley a number of times. I think they had two touchdowns. And, yeah, just steamrolled him. 40 to 7. Baltimore Ravens beat the Tennessee Titans 21 to nothing. This game was in Nashville. And the Ravens defense had 11 sacks. They allowed just 10 completions all game. Titans had 106 yards. Embarrassing, awful to say the least. Uh <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Uh awful game by the Titans. Game of the day, game of the week in New England where the Patriots win 43 to 40. Uh Steven Gostkowski hits a game-winning 28-yard field goal at the end. Pat Mahomes threw four touchdowns in the second half, three of them to Tyreek Hill, costing me a win in fantasy. Uh, and it was just great back and forth. The, the Chiefs were down 24-9 at the end of the first half, and they really came back and rallied and played well in the second half. As I said, Pat Mahomes had four touchdowns. Patriots kept answering when they needed to, and then they ended up winning at the end because... The Chiefs scored on one play to Tyreek Hill and allowed, it had three minutes left on the clock for the Patriots. Too much time for Tom Brady. So the Patriots win there. And then Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers, we were talking about this on the podcast earlier uh, as we were kind of watching it live. The Packers come back to win 33-30 over the 49ers. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, a bad, bad man. 425 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, what a beautiful pass to Devontae Adams. C.J. Beathard threw an interception late that allowed the Packers to get the ball back and drive down the field for a potential game-winning field goal that Mason Crosby hit. Mason Crosby made all of his kicks. What, four field goals, three touchdowns? That's that's big for him after the week he had last week. Tough loss for the 49ers. They had this game. They were up 30-23 to with three minutes to go, and... Again, that's just too much time with Aaron Rodgers on the other uh, 
on the other sideline there. Very tough loss for the 49ers, and it would have really helped Vikings and Bears fans everywhere. Let's go to week seven, though, in the NFL and make some early picks here. Uh, we have the Denver Broncos at the Arizona Cardinals Thursday, October 18th at uh, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Broncos are on a four-game losing streak. The Cardinals are just one in five, so they're not good. This is not a great game. I feel like the Cardinals at home, though, might take this one. But the Broncos, are they're better. I, I don't know. This is just an awful game. To, to pick a very toss a big toss up I will hedge my bets I'll take the Cardinals initially here but that might change when the stack makes the uh, when I unveil the official pick on Thursday in the stack you can find that at stackattack.sportsblog.com Sunday another London game the second of three this year the Tennessee Titans at against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are the home team. This is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on CBS. Uh, with the way the Chargers looked last week and the way the Titans looked, this is a pretty easy one. Give me Melvin Gordon and the Chargers all day over the Titans. New England Patriots at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. <sighs> That's a tough loss for the Bears last week, and now you have to deal with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick coming home. Uh, the the Chiefs and the Bears have similar offenses because Matt Nagy used to be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Patriots played the Chiefs last week. I kind of like the Patriots in this one. Uh, definitely more of a heads-up to to take down the Bears. Buffalo Bills at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Good news for Travis Krenz. Josh Allen is not starting in this one. Nathan Peterman won't start either, most likely. I think the Bears or the Bills will turn to Derek Anderson, so that gives them a chance against the Colts. But the Colts have played a lot of close games here this year. I think they find a way to beat the Bills at home. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. A battle of first-place teams in the AFC South. There's a three-way tie atop the AFC South with the Colts, or not the Colts, excuse me. The Colts are one and five. Uh, the Titans, the Texans, and the Jaguars all at three and three. As mentioned, the Jaguars' defense has looked awful these last couple of weeks. So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to upend the Houston Texans. This game is in Jacksonville. And with the way the Texans played last week, uninspiring performance to say the least. So I like them in this one. The Detroit Lions at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Hey, Dolphins, that was a big win last week. Brock Osweiler, is he going to get another start? I think he is. Honestly, I think they can beat the Lions. The Lions, this is a... Show me something, Lions. Show me something, Detroit. I'm going to take Miami in this one. I picked them, I think, for four wins all year. They're going to exceed that after this week. One uh, Minnesota Vikings at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Got a weird feeling about this one. I don't. This is a game that the Vikings should win, no doubt. But this is also a game that the Vikings inexplicably, not not inexplicably, but would lose to to Sam Darnold. But the Jets are without their top wide receiver Quincy Nunwa. They're without one of their safeties, Marcus May. So yes, the Vikings don't have Mike Hughes, but I, you know what? It's a good defense the Jets have. The Vikings have a better defense. They have a better offense, too. I'm rolling with the Vikings. Carolina Panthers at the Philadelphia Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I mean, I'm not going to go against Carson Wentz 
and company at home after that big win last week against the Giants. I've had a little time to prepare for Cam Newton and company. Give me the Eagles upending the Panthers. Cleveland Browns at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Show me something, Cleveland. Show me that you can rebound from last week's loss. I think they can put up some good numbers against that awful Buccaneers defense who fired defensive coordinator Mike Smith after the Falcons game last week. Maybe they come out with an, an inspired performance, though. It would be very Cleveland Brown-esque of them to do that. I need some more catches and yards from you, Jarvis Landry. Please do that for me. But I'll take Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers in this one. Prove me wrong, Cleveland. But we're taking Tampa Bay to beat Cleveland. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Browns. Prove me wrong. Let's see what other games we got here. Oh, the New Orleans Saints at the Baltimore Ravens. 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. What a game this should be. The Ravens' defense is great. The offense is getting better. The Saints' offense is great. Their defense is getting better. Uh, need more Alvin Kamara in this one, Saints. I need him to catch a lot of passes for my uh, PPR Fantasy League on a two-game losing streak here. Um, that aside, after that plea... Um, I think the Saints are just a little better than the Ravens. I'm still not quite sold on the on the Ravens yet, despite that defensive performance last week. Give me the Saints in this one to edge the Ravens narrowly. Now, then to the other two afternoon games, the Los Angeles Rams are at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This was supposed to be the Sunday night game, but because the 49ers stink without Jimmy Garoppolo, it got moved. Rams are without Cooper Cup in this one, and that won't matter. Todd Gurley and company have a big day. Robert Woods should see a few more passes thrown his way. Give me the Rams to defeat the 49ers in this one, and then the Dallas Cowboys at Washington, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Again, a, a virtual toss-up. The Cowboys stink away from Jerry World. But maybe last week's performance is an inspiring one for them, and they will find a way to, to do that more often throughout the year. I just, I'm still not sold on Washington. Uh, but then again, I didn't think they'd beat Green Bay, and they did. Give me Dallas in this one, but I don't feel good about that pick. I really don't. Sunday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Both teams coming off a loss. I think the Bengals are just going to come out a little listless against the uh, against the Chiefs after that loss to the to the Steelers. They're down. The Chiefs know they, can, they could hang with the Patriots. They're going to put up a bunch of points in this one against the Bengals, and the Chiefs will win. And then Monday Night Football, the New York Giants at the Atlanta Falcons, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Whew, what a bad matchup this is. <laughs> Give me, uh, I mean, the Giants have one win. The Falcons have two. Give me Matty Ice and company. Uh, more offense. You'll see Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham have a big game because the Falcons' defense is depleted. Give me the Falcons in this one. That's a look at your picks for Week 7. Again, the official picks and predictions for all of Week 7's games, minus Denver, Arizona, can be found in the stack on Friday. It's a Football Friday post at stackattack.sportsblog.com. So uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, NBA season preview. We got all the sports going. NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, 
college football. College basketball will still, soon be starting up, which is great. But uh, thank you to Travis and Charlie for listening. Special shout out to my wife. Uh, celebrating three years, our third anniversary this year. Love you, hun. Love, love you, Kelsey. Thank you for allowing me to do this podcast. But happy anniversary. Uh, again, find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, follow, follow me on Twitter at NDStacken or Facebook Nathan Stacken. Have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So th- thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. And please tune in again next week for plenty of NFL talk, college football, baseball playoffs, maybe some basketball and hockey, and more. We'll see what we get into. There's always something going on in the sports world, and we'll talk about it next week. So for, for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. Please tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Blog Podcast, and have a great week. Nathan Sacken signing off saying thank you, and you've been listening to another edition of the Sports Blog Podcast.